0: Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The
1: Trojan horse. The fifth column.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Comrades and compañeros, welcome to another edition of the Fifth Column. I'm not sure what number this is, but it's in the hundreds. Somewhere. We're in the 130s. 130s. We're in the 130s. That's a lot of podcasts. Some of you have been very dedicated listeners and listened to everyone. Somebody tweeted at me the other day that they've listened to some of them twice recently. That person, I, I sent, I called the police in their hometown to make sure they were okay.
2: I was just at. They uh, weren't. At I got
0: to introduce us, Matt. Oh, sorry. You're so so excited to be here. I am, I am Michael Moynihan. National correspondent and vice news tonight on HBO, uh, among other things, uh, to my left, which you can't see. So the direction doesn't matter. Matt Welch, editor at large at Reason Magazine, frequent, yeah, you know, ghost that haunts MSNBC <laughs> and uh, Camille Foster. Who? I, I really I don't know. It's on the paper. Just allow me to read through it. Camille Foster, who is apparently somebody who is occasionally on the show, is somewhere else. Where is he? He's in Frisco.
2: He's always in Frisco, isn't he? Do you say that you're the first person who I've ever heard say Frisco? That's because, I'm from, I'm and from Southern California. And, okay. And when you go to uh, school at UC Santa Barbara, it's half you know Northern California. How much yeah. did your parents pay to get you in there? Uh, <laughs> Six point five yeah, million dollars yeah, sure. to get uh, yeah. me into UC Santa Barbara. Well,
0: he's in San Francisco, um, and as we so often do, in the other chair, Anthony Fisher. Who's a uh, big muckety-mucket insider, uh, which is uh, the most uh, re- uh, frequent recent version, I should say, of Inside Edition. The television show with Bill O'Reilly, correct? It's indeed. It's All right, great. Did do. it really?
2: That's uh, where it came from? No,
1: no it's not. I'm just,
2: I'm just making am wow, up. Wow, you both uh, did like yeah, Camille sarcasm. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it was, it was just very well delivered. Yeah. No. Um, so, uh, a
1: couple of things, though. So this is episode 135. Okay. 135. And uh, Charles Nelson Riley used to say Frisco all the time.
0: Yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if that. What did Paul Lind <laughs> say? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, there is a great Paul Lind joke that it is even too dirty for me to repeat <laughs> on this podcast. But I'll tell In you the first after. Hour, yeah. And sometimes when I say things like, like this, I, then I'll tell you, people email. I'll uh, send you a link to the joke, because Gilbert Gonfrey does a great retelling of it, because he does a great Paul Lind impression.
2: I just saw on the plane <laughs> Amazing, uh, i doing and, Paul Lind. To and from Phoenix. <laughs> this is really a
0: great podcast. A
2: not very good documentary about game shows that was uh, produced and narrated by Alex Trebek, and yeah. so he interviews Peter Marshall, who, as mm-hmm. we all well know, is the uncle of Pete Lecoq um, mm-hmm. uh, And so he was talking about uh, the taping of the Hollywood Squares, and uh, the Thursday, they would do five in a day, like most game shows are done. So you don't really yeah. work for a living. Um, and the Thursday and Friday uh, episodes were the ones that they did after lunch. And after lunch, they would get. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the ones where only, Paul Lind is like, is like yeah. turned orangish brown. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they're all, they're all, sort of, they all have like sort of wobbly voices. So like, <laughs> I can't. But like, it's like, you know, this sort of, yeah. Anyway, we're talking about game shows, yeah. but we did um, talk about, uh, or you mentioned, you
2: see Santa Barbara? Santa, Santa Cruz? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. I'm not a banana slug. I'm a gaucho. Either
0: way, it's not a great school. No. <laughs> it's just a fact. It's a lot better now, but like. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't then. Um, the only thing you've ever told me about your college experience is that you saw Jane's addiction. Uh, on the college campus or, or, or in close proximity on, to the on, campus? Uh, on
2: campus. Uh, yeah. Every, uh, every year they would, uh, the, the, like students, uh, like board that would, the arts club, whatever people, yeah. they would spend their, uh, end of year pot of money. Like, Oh, we, we didn't spend our budget. So let's have a big blowout party. Who should we get in nineteen. 19- Eighty nine, I think it was, uh, and like we should totally get uh, Jane's addiction. Different time, and this is back when Perry Farrell was seven foot five. It's weird how he shrunk since then. And he would sort of dress like the man in the yellow hat from uh, from uh, 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 Curious Curious George. George, Thank you. Except that he would be wearing like diapers and like these big boots, and crazy and and, uh, dreadlocks. They were the scariest thing in the world, and you can see that show on YouTube. I in fact have seen it because you
0: sent it to me one time. And uh, I made the joke that um, your parents – I love your mother, by the way. She's great. She's a listener.
2: Yeah. My dad's not listening, so you can go ahead and talk
0: to her. Your dad dad hasn't been listening for 20 years. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And so uh, nobody in that family – you know, wrote a single check to anyone to get you into that school. Mm-hmm. I think that you're—it's like motor voter. You're auto- automatically registered at UC Santa Barbara if you're a California
2: resident. I did manage to not get uh, accepted into UCLA uh, uh-huh. and Berkeley, so my grades were at least that bad. Yeah. And my brother uh, had gone to UC Santa Barbara before me, playing on the baseball team. Uh, so it's possible that I was a legacy, but I don't really think the UC system <laughs> no, does no, no. <laughs> legacies. No. And oh, whatever legacy that he had yeah, was uh, had yeah. more to do with like uh, you know trying oh, it's to play that baseball. U- is- that
0: utility infielder 's brother yeah, that, happened, that happened a lot so let's let 's do a kind of Pracy of what happened here because this is kind of dominating the news, holy primarily cow. because there are two people who i 'd never heard of who are apparently quite famous mm-hmm. uh, a- actresses right yeah. one I found out, not even mentioned in the accounts. I guess this is a great blow. Uh, for feminism, she's standing on her own two feet. I, I one of is married to William H Macy. Yeah, did you know All that Felicity Huffman.
1: Huffman? Yeah, she's a who us- is that uh, Felicity Huffman? Yeah, she was uh, on Desperate Housewives. She was on uh, that Aaron Sorkin show, Sports Night. And she also got an she's apparently a desperate mother Oscar, her, Oscar, her Oscar nomination yeah. for playing a trans man in a movie called Trans America in 2005, which would be positively her biggest scandal, yeah. if it happened today. Yeah, and
2: and weirdly enough, and sadly, uh, from what I can tell, because she was always uh, a very uh, interesting and good-looking woman, she's had plastic surgery to the point where she's completely unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. She looks like Renee Zellweger now, and oh. she just didn't before at all. She was really, really good in Desperate Housewives. She was kind of the, the I think Renee,
0: Renee Zellweger had a lot of plastic surgery too. Yeah, she did. Is yeah, her, okay, somebody look that up because it's. I remember seeing something. She
1: that, denies it. Yeah, yeah, right, but, but something's she, going on. She emerged from like hiding after four years with a totally different face. Yeah. In
2: the early uh, days of yeah. uh, tabloid.net our uh, our comrade Ken Lane had uh, the immortal line about uh, Renee Zellweger. Uh, it was an aside that had nothing to do with anything. It said Renee Zellweger, comma who was sadly born with no eyes. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear God! <laughs> not not funny, but yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of g- kind of yeah. funny. Uh, but no, they so these parents. Um, the, the first flush of news about this was really vague. It didn't make a lot of sense. There was a big federal... Operation
0: indict- Varsity Blues. Ugh. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was, who names
2: these damn so things? That was, that
1: was an MTV Studios... Um, yeah. Yes, you know, movie. Melodrama yeah. in 1999, I believe. Yeah. Starring
2: it's, James like Van Der Hoek or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: it's uh, Operation Varsity Blues. But the great thing about this is this was... Uh, Like a mafia investigation And it it, it essentially The the way this was run Was this guy who's been indicted um, Is pleading guilty apparently And he flipped on all the people beneath him He, He was running this racket Which is essentially a mafia operation Paying off people to like, you know uh, take tests on people's behalves to correct answers. That's my favorite one. They would pay off the, the guy that's supposed to watch the kids taking the, uh, the SATs and the ACTs and, you know, look the other way and then pay somebody to correct the answers. If they were wrong and they didn't want to get the, you know too close, that so you get a 60, it's no longer a 1600 in the SATs. It's like it's a 2400 or yeah. something now. They've, they've tripled it. It's like, I mean, it's like Venezuelan inflation, these things. It's now like a 30,000 in the SATs. But they did all this incredibly shady stuff that I thought it was was like, oh, you know, everyone's talking about Jared Kushner today, by the way, resurfacing the fact that his father gave a rather uh, generous donation to Harvard um, about a few months before Jared, who apparently had pretty mediocre high That's school grades. That's the traditional way to do it. That's the traditional way to do it. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about this. Like,
2: why? OK, well, actually, you know, I'll say this. Why are you getting lit up on Twitter, Matt? I'm getting lit up on Twitter because so I, I, I'd uh, seen this on... Uh, what MSN... else is new? Let me see. And I... Uh, and and their characterization at that moment was like, "Oh, there's no one at the at the universities themselves who are being." Uh, charge that turned out not to be true. They, uh, the 15 time water polo uh, NCAA coach of the year at USC was taking bribes. By the way, how fucking great is it that this is the bougiest,
0: waspiest scandal in the world? It's the water polo rowing. And what was the other one? It was like, it was it was, it was like, yeah, maybe high lie. <laughs> it, was, it was some, it was it hilarious.
1: One of the the scandals, though, was Lori Laughlin's uh, daughter. Uh, they bought her a rowing machine but they said that yeah. she was a coxswain. You don't row when yeah. you're a coxswain. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You shed shout, you shout through a horn and you wear a beaver skin coat. If there's yeah. anyone going to know about the coxswain, it's going to be fact-checked uh, Fisher over yeah, here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah that's his LA. nickname from when he was at USC. Uh, uh, no, so uh my my uh, early response on on the Twitter machine was just like, are we seriously going to be like jailing parents for breaking the rules and spending a a, a shit ton of money to get their dumb kids into a college to which I am obviously just like the messenger of white privilege. Uh, people, it, the, the, today's Episode? Did you respond by saying I went to UC Santa Barbara, (laughs) which is like the whitest school where we (laughs) 18,000 undergrad, two hundred black people, and one of those was Tony Pierce. It doesn't even count. Yeah, Tony
0: doesn't count. Yeah, Yeah, uh, yeah, but you got rejected from Berkeley, so
2: that should be a point. Uh, But uh, no, people are. It's a reminder uh, once again that if it was really up to all of the American people, we would have twice as many people incarcerated Mm -hmm. as we currently do. I mean, just we we don't talk about this because it's boring. And by this point, but every time Donald Trump, the president. President of the United States shows up in a public gathering of more than three hundred people. There is going to be a chant of "lock her up" about oh, his primary political opponent, yes. which is yeah. totally messed up. Who's it's, basically it, retired? Great, <laughs> I think she's retired. She's I think wandering so. Around it's, it's, it's unclear. Big uh, plaid coat. Uh, no, uh, people like, don't you realize that there's people of color who've been arrested? I'm like, yeah, no, I'd never heard about. That. Well, the
0: solution is to Is not to arrest more people. It's not, of course, entirely relevant to the conversation about the lady from Desperate Housewives who has like a rowing machine in her basement. And my, my favorite thing was that they were photoshopping the kids' heads yeah. onto athletes', athletes bodies. <laughs> that's <laughs> Just amazing. Like, I, who want, that's the
2: job. That's the best. And I want that job.
0: The, one of them, um, the woman was on Full House. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Full
2: House and Fuller House. Oh, which, oh that, easy, that's a, niece, that's my, a recent uh, one. My 10 year old. Has been binge watching for the last really, minutes, the, That's the, uh, the Netflix reboot,
0: okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that lady, <laughs> she, uh, her daughter. Is really a piece of work. Is that the Instagram star? That's the Instagram influencer uh, uh, influencer star. Influencer. But the great thing about it is that she apparently posted not long after she got in after after her, her parents had paid like eighty million dollars to get her in <laughs> to some <laughs> mediocre school because uh, her mom was once on a, a show with Bob Saget uh, <laughs> and then she pays all this money and then and then she's like, I don't like school. I, school's ridiculous. I'm mean, I sounding like Norm Macdonald right now. Yeah, school's dumb and and I want to just party and go to games. Right. So at the, at the very same time she, she was doing sponsored posts for Amazon prime. <laughs> and it was like her in her dorm room looking pensively out the window. Like, you know, I'm going to read Goethe, but before I do, I need, I need some like, uh, well, I don't know what she was, what she was, was she hawking a specific product? There,
1: I mean, they think she was hawking Amazon books. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cause you, know, know, cause you I, buy your, like yeah. me, you can be a fabulous USC freshman who, yeah. uh, is, you know, Read a book once <laughs> Yeah in well, and, perfect and what lighting. Were, How did
0: they get uh, Her in there? What, what, what was well, she? She was the one With the rowing machine She was the rowing machine yeah. Okay <laughs> She wasn't the one like on a big fake horse or something. One, on of, the, like the one of the two too. of
2: them, and I'm not sure it was her, but uh, it might have even been a non-famous uh, mom. But like the fear, the great fear that she uh, had for her progeny who wasn't good. And these aren't like, some of them was Yale. Some of them were, were like good yeah. schools. USC is now a good school, believe it or not. It's not just the University of Spoiled one Children. One of them was University of San Diego. Yeah. That's actually, has always been a good school, by the way. Um, but like uh, the mom was, was saying, I just, you know, my daughter, the way her grades are now. She might end up at Arizona State. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to do something. We got to spend Was a Was this lot in an email money. Or Yeah, they That's have great. a lot of the chatter back and forth. Because, of course, um, they, so they get the guy. They get the kingpin, the center of the whole thing. Like a year ago. A year ago. Yeah. Whose yeah. yeah.
1: name is Rick Singer, who wrote two books called Getting in Personal Brands. A personal brand is essential <laughs> to gain admission to the college of your choice. Oh, yeah.
0: No. You know yeah. what else is essential is having a check for $2 million <laughs> made out to Rick Singer. <laughs> to
2: a... A nonprofit, a nonprofit that was oh, dedicated to low-income oh, it's students. The best. It's the best.
0: These people are shameless. It's called. It was and it had the greatest fake name. It was like the Seinfeld one, the Human Fund. Yeah. It was like the key. It was like you know, find the name of this thing. It was incredible. It was like such a bullshit name, but they're doing this for low-income students. And he is just skimming all the money himself, yes, obviously. And, and, the, and they're
1: writing back to these people and saying, key, "You get a the, tax write-off." Yeah, the, the key word. Worldwide Foundation. Key Worldwide Foundation is amazing. Key Worldwide, Worldwide. and that's that's who published this book, which, by the way, is eighty pages long. Key Worldwide, that's
0: amazing. (laughs) But it's it's the great thing is that is in that as I just said is like these people are spending millions of dollars to cheat and get their spoiled idiot kids into school who can't get in on their own merits, and they're getting a tax rebate <laughs> they're like i i gotta do it to this this 501c3 i get a tax and they're like taking tax rebates and that's
2: out. how they're going to go down right but what because it shouldn't otherwise necessarily be a federal case but you're using the mail to commit this fraud um and yep. you are uh, uh, doing a federal tax fraud um yep. defrauding the irs now the point that i was just making is like are we going to put these people in prison not necessarily the singer guy who sounds like he could probably use some uh, some time there and you know the water polo coach at usc it's a lot of actual fraud. I mean, they're they're allowing uh, parents to uh, present their kids as viable student athletes in order to get them into a better pool. This is a, you know also in addition to cheating on the test, including some of the cheating on the test. The kid took the test and didn't realize that, like, there was another kid taking the test next to the kid whose test was actually going to be scored. Yeah. So, like, it's my mom went to uh, uh, worked at a mental Wait, the hospital. The kid didn't read this. The kid, kid, I'm sorry, the kid didn't know kid found out today, oh, that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> is it really quite, a few, quite a few Oh, kids that's so out
0: today. that is so great that is so great. I love it The it, kid's like you know in his oceanography class, it's like what they do with,
2: over with a Brian Wilson on stage, oh, you know they unplug the man, keyboard, and yeah, oh, it's just like, oh, that's incredible. Yeah.
0: That is so great. I love this story so much. It's my favorite story yeah, that's, ever.
2: That's why people can't, can't stop it, it's, talking about it. Every,
0: well, you know why? is because everyone is a complete shithead in it, and it's like the most— Like, this is the thing that if you hate the conversations about white privilege and this stuff, this is the thing that everyone can unite on. This is the we are the world story, is that everyone hates these people. And, you know, those of us that— um it didn't have I, I mean, I went to a state school I mean, I went to UMass Amherst Which I think is a better school now Than it was when I went um, Wasn't particularly a good school to go to But, you know it, Then it was all legacy And the annoying thing about legacies Which I think they've uh, clamped down on some places But, you know, you you, you, you have to give a, a, a library Or something like that But the incredible thing is that They're bribing state officials Technically, aren't they? Yeah Because, the you know, they're giving bri- bribe money To people who are getting checks from the state of California for working for, you know, the UC system. But the amazing thing is how easy it is. There's so many coaches. There were like, I, I mean, I saw like five, six or something. The Yale coach, who I think taught Sasha and Leo Obama. What was the, she, one of the Obama kids coaches on something. I can't remember. I mean, this is all, Malia, by the way, this, I think
1: Malia is the only one that's in college right now.
0: It, but I don't remember what it was, yeah, was it, a it, a it, but a private college, thing, huh? but all of this stuff, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen. This is all kind of trickling in now as we're saying. So by the time you listen to this, it, it, we could have you know found out it's a sex trafficking, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> that's usually the, the the third act turn. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, you know it's it, it's a sex trafficking thing. So I don't know what's happening with this, and people are going to go to jail, but. Um, and I don't really know if I think they should go to jail. Well, here, should they? Man, I don't know. That's
2: that's my point. You like, tell me, Matt. Like the uh, <laughs> if you are Felicity Huffman, in I'm this very place, hungover. By the way, I just want everyone to know that they didn't know. It would never oh have occurred God. to them. By the uh, gravelly throat, it got so
0: aggressive last night. I didn't <laughs> mean it. It's, well, it's like it's, a it just happened exogenous beast. Yeah, it is. It was like a wave <laughs> of booze. I saw it coming, crashing towards me. <laughs> and I, as I said, there was a guy from. Sorry, it's a little aside yeah. here. Well, I just want to give people a sense of why I'm a little uh, sluggish scenes. today yeah. <laughs> is, is there was a guy, it was a guy from Manchester. He came on and give me drinks like, and, 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 and he was, and he used to work at DJ at the Hacienda. And some of you out there will know that. And we had a nice uh, conversation and he gave
2: me a, I think at the end of the night, seven or eight free shots. Thank God he wasn't Seven. from Ireland because going out with Moynihan and hearing about the goddamn troubles one last I don't, time. I know. What are you talking about? Every time the it's The troubles, troubles. are what happens
0: in the bar when I'm there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about something else. Good God. <laughs> so, on the prison thing, and this is this is what I, what people. Like the Falls get, Road in my pants. Get very. Uh, <laughs> Continue Matt. Get very uh, mad about is that they uh, the, the, I got in an ar- argument with someone who described themselves on Twitter. Wasn't even an argument, they were arguing me and I was being nice, but uh uh calls themselves a human rights activist. And they're like, I want Felicity Huffman to rot in jail. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, That's an interesting yeah. take on yeah. being a human yeah. rights activist. From the a fellow at the Pinochet Institute. <laughs> and it's this it's this concept that because uh, there are so many damn people in jail in this country that who are disproportionately poor, disproportionately minority as well, mm-hmm. and that a lot of those jail sentences are mandatory minimum sentences for stuff that might be you know, consensual, nonviolent activity uh, or super petty that shouldn't be that long, that the way to redress this is to make sure that rich white people go to jail as well. And this is just, I think, a a very wrong conception about how the world works.
0: Yeah, you see the kind of like the the facile nature of half of these Twitter arguments and see how disingenuous people are about these things. When uh, you saw the sentencing uh, last week of uh, Paul Manafort. Manafort, So what that that precipitated this flood of uh, things on. On Twitter saying, you know, putting screenshots of people's faces and saying, this guy, you know, stole a payday bar. Um, and he got 85 years in prison or something. and all of these things, it started frustrating me because a lot of these people were victims of horrible three-strikes laws. And, you know, these are the two prior convictions, of course, are, you know, forcing this third one and putting them in jail for a long time. We could have had conversations at any point about three-strikes laws in this, but it was just, you know, political score settling. It's like, this is the point. These poor people, these minority people get bets. Yes, it's totally true. It's absolutely true. And it's, it's worth talking about, but it's also worth talking about why. Because the presumption in all of it was the rich uh you know fat white guy, Paul Manafort, uh with all of his connections, gets out of things um and these people don't because of you know these immutable characteristics, right? I think that's true in some sense. I think it's true, uh, especially with wealth, you know, but there's a a series of other factors here that are worth talking about. But we've stripped everything down to this basic component of identity and identity only and not the fact that horribly written laws, which were, by the way, and we've talked about it here before, were bipartisan exercises in the 90s, the crime bill, these sorts of things, you know, Congressional Black Caucus, very upset about, you know, uh, crack uh, ravaging neighborhoods and, you know, sort of arguing for... for also st- inner city st- local
1: activists. Uh, yes, of course.
0: To- uh, it's so many people. And like, I, I'm not so interested in, in score settling about these people who are now decrying this stuff. But how about talking about the fact that they exist? We have a sense now, and all, politics is a lot these days, just the sense that things are this way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it must be this way in the sense that, that the judicial system is the main thing to talk about is that it's racist. I don't believe that is the main thing to talk about. I think the first thing to talk about is the thing that disproportionately affects you know, minorities in certain neighborhoods where they're getting picked up for small, you know, the three felonies a day thing that we've talked about yep. here too, is that the the criminalization of everyday life, and the fact that these people get caught in these this kind of,
2: this vortex of like policing ca- for, for profit. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And they can't get out of it. They're paying these stupid tickets and they get picked up again. And this is the problem. And the, these conversations now are being subsumed by these simple Twitter conversations about, you know, here's this 19 year or, or you know 29-year-old you know black guy and then Paul Manafort and the sentencing disparity. I need more information about why there's a sentencing disparity. The,
2: uh, the, the, the steel man argument, to use a bad term, but just uh, you know, pouring 40 out for Camille here um, is that uh, I, I was, as I was talking to someone um, saying, well, the problem is if we if if, you know, the kind of communities that I live in, this person lives in a nice community, um, had the same type of policing as all the poor communities did. They wouldn't stand for it. It wouldn't last a day. So that's why we need to support felicity huffman rotting in jail decomposing her body uh, it never jail. happens but it never happens the the rebuttal to martha, that
0: martha stewart went to jail i mean it's like the, the, the rich people do go to jail
2: we also it's beyond sentencing
1: too we're still dealing with lots of bad science that the, the the bell has not been unrung on people going to jail for like bite marks yeah. and you know all kinds of bad forensic science even fingerprinting like you know is not an exact science and, and it used to be considered you know literally it, it, that's fingerprints was the the gold standard of sure. you know you they're yeah, caught red handed yeah
0: i mean look this uh, the, the number of problems and i think that my point being is not in 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 any way that we shouldn't look at these other things. And thank God Camille's not here. He'll yell at me for saying it. But uh, look at racial disparities and things like that, which I, there's a lot of people paying attention to, by the way. Um, but there, I think a lot of stuff is getting lost in like- the conversation now, which is, I think, more focused on that recently than it's ever been. Well, That's thankfully- not necessarily
2: a bad thing, but I think it's at the expense of some other things. Thankfully, the criminal justice reform... Uh, movement that's happening, including at the White House to a greater degree. It's a bipartisan thing though. Yeah. It's bipartisan. It's ground up. Yeah. And so that's kind of marching a pace regardless of the Twitter passions of the moment, which yeah. is a, a very good thing. But my response to the that best of the arguments saying that like, look, if we just finally, you know, if we enforce drunk driving in Beverly Hills like we do in South Central, there'd be a different I- attitude about drunk driving. It's an argument that I made when I was 21 and might have in been in, in a car yeah. on Sunset Boulevard going really fast. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just this. It's the draft in the Vietnam War, yeah. right? Uh, one of the arguments for bringing back the draft is like, well, if everyone has sure, to suffer for it, then there'll be this big anti-war movement. No, what's going to happen is that a whole I, lot I think it's Charlie
0: Wrangle, right? That yes. wanted to bring back the draft and, for that and,
2: very reason, and it's and it's periodic. It it's still uh, uh, bubbles up you from time to time. Bring, you got to, to bring back
0: the draft. <laughs>
2: I don't know. <laughs> Where I, Where's I just, my apartment? This you is the to, other You one. used
0: to do a great Charlie Rangel. I, I, I think I just did the guy from the Carvel commercials. <laughs> if Tom that, Carvel, that's, that's a very regional joke, but I think it's regional joke.
1: I, 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 didn't even Car- know, I didn't even know Carville made it up to Massachusetts. I, I did, it was yeah. Thing, F- fudgy the whale. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah. Okay,
0: I think... Cook- cookie puss. Cookie puss and fudgy the whale. 't be a pumpkin. And, anyway, I've, I've, I've <laughs> taken just, you off track. <laughs>
2: just that, you could get... Uh, yeah. The rich people got bone spurs, and the poor people didn't. And the poor people went and killed people and got killed, and it sucked. Um, and that's what happens when you make something universal in the name of, of creating a shared punishment. The very best thing that you can do for those poor people who are in jail are to, A, encourage people who are in positions of power to uh, for clemency to those people, which, thank God, the president of the United States is interested in doing, yeah. um, more so than, say, the governor of New York. I wish that he would get better at that. Um, and also stop making dumb stuff illegal uh, on the poorest levels. Like, the, the most equal way you can do this is to stop making these consensual uh, transactions between adults criminal When they shouldn't be yeah, And and, uh, stop making the sentences automatic and huge Stop making so many federal felonies Out of things that probably shouldn't be In the particular case We're talking about basically tax fraud so far There might be some bribery There might be worse things going on But you have to work it back From the Felicity Huffman point of view Who were the victims of this? The victims of the federal government Who got totally defrauded about Like whether this thing was a charity or not And their tax deductions Okay, there's that And then the people who didn't get into the schools That should have gotten those yeah, schools. and by
0: the way, keep in mind that the FBI, in its weird rambling press conference— uh, did actually uh, say that uh, pretty clearly. They said, you know, the problem that we have here is that it is actually a zero-sum game. If these people, one person gets in, somebody doesn't get in. And that is actually true. And, and, and it is insane that that, ha- that happens. There are a million ways, though. It's not to excuse this, but there are a million ways that people who are undeserving of things get into colleges. In much greater
2: numbers. And in, that's yeah. what's frustrating. Shikadamia did a great piece for Reason 11 years ago ago about uh, legacies of injustice, where she basically called out all those people who have been working for 25 years against affirmative action at uh, higher uh, uh, education uh, facilities and said, OK, where are you on all the people who get in because their families? got?" Yes. I um, mean, yeah, you have to. I mean, I mean you're from Massachusetts. Yeah, that's that's like half the population. Of uh, Massachusetts. Of yeah. I mean, there, legacy.
0: there's a there's <clears throat> a. Uh, An inconsistency that people just don't talk. I guess when you press them, they say, oh, yeah, I oppose that, too. But they don't really oppose it. They don't think it's a problem. in any active sense. In any active sense. I think that there's been a war on legacies that's basically, not basically, but it's being won in some quarters. And I will say when saying that, that I haven't looked at this in a while, but I remember um, some schools actively taking up the fight against it. affirmative action, of course, is is more entrenched than it's ever been. And I mean, despite, you know, certain Supreme Court cases, it's it's very entrenched in the system. Um, but, you know, all, the thing to realize about this and, and it's an obvious point is that everything is e- easier for these people. I mean, the rich, the, these rich people that are they're using their privilege to get into schools. Every single part of their life is easier than mine. Because, you know, doesn't it, the kids that were going to college, I'm sure went to a, a you know, a school in L.A. that was fifty thousand dollars a year. Right. And they probably have the class size is probably ten kids to it, to a teacher. So, I mean, they've, they've had a pretty easy time it. if we if we spend all of our time trying to close every gap in which a rich person has a great advantage, it's that's a lot of things. Right. I don't think it's I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing to do. but you know, I, I, the outrage about this is because people in our business they care about this stuff. They care about people going to college and who gets in and and and, and whether it's fair or not. Because I, I heard conversations about this today that were very personal. Very personal. About, about I got into this college for this reason. And people are their position on this is based almost. It seems to me based on, almost entirely on on their own personal experience. With
2: it. Well, the way I look at it is that like. Uh so the left is angry about the story and I'm speaking generalities and I apologize. Um, uh, because uh, it shows up the kind of uh, class inequities of the system, and they would like to see that the uh, the upper class punished. The right loves this because it's Hollywood plus colleges. Yeah, Donald right? Trump Jr. Yeah. jumped yeah. on it, yeah. and
1: uh, so did Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. Kellyanne
2: Conway, weirdly, like yeah. with some viciousness. Really uh, nasty, yeah. Uh, which uh, suggests something uh, interesting, and everyone can just agree that libertarians are terrible.
0: Yeah, that's, that's yeah. always true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say something else, but that's a really good button on it. But uh, <laughs> it's really actually a good button on ev- anything. Really? Yeah. T- how, how many tweets are you going to get like, uh, actually, uh, libertarians aren't terrible? They're actually really, really. The other thing to point out is, is that. that he, is that a Matt Welch impersonation? Cause it, uh, it no, that's be. literally everyone Every who's going to tweet at you after yeah, this podcast actually. comes out. Um, <laughs> it's also to say that you don't need to go to USC. I, I went to UMass and I got a very good education. I was very happy with it. And you, especially now when there are so many PhDs, there are more PhDs than there are professorships out there. So you go to Sam Houston State and they have an incredible faculty because, you know, they, you know, Harvard is, is, is churning out these scholars that some of them are very good and they can't find you know, positions at these big universities that they wish they could teach at. So there you can get a great education in so many places. You do not need to. Of course, these kids who are somebody uh, there was one thing that said 2.1 million, I guess was the highest. Some two something million for, for one student. Give the kid the two million dollars that they don't need to go to
1: college. They've probably already gotten the two million dollars. Yes, already but why? Like what
0: is the purpose? I mean, a lot of people were.
1: Like, a lot of people were making the case that it was for access, access to careers. But again, like you said, if you've got the two million disposable income, you probably could and ply your way into an entry-level job in just about any business. Well, it it
0: defeats the argument also, is that these people are born into a life of sort of unmitigated privilege, which might or might not be true. And then you can't go and say, well, they need access to jobs. Like, no, the privilege that they have in the fact that their parents are quite wealthy is probably giving them a lot of access to a lot of things.
2: I think the the uh, the slate pitch here, they don't do slate pitches anymore because slate's a different publication than it used to be. But if there was still a contrarian uh, 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 news organization out there, it would be this, that this is actually a case of new money. Right. Like if you were from Bill Weld's family, you wouldn't have to worry about this. You people like get Harvard like you get a Harvard like, you know, invitation in your crib when you're born and you always will. And I'm sure Bill Weld would say that very thing. Oh, yeah. He's got a good sense of humor about He it. has a very good sense of humor. No, yeah, um, I mean, the, the Brahmin kind of yeah. waspy stuff to nouveau riche. So the actual power structures have just been gliding no problem. But then you get a Hollywood person who oftentimes is someone, their families weren't rich. Mm-hmm. They just struck yeah. it, struck it. Lori uh, Laughlin
1: was from Queens. I found that out this morning. Uh-huh. Didn't, okay. didn't, didn't know, uh, don't know where Felicity Huffman was from, but, you know, don't imagine she's old money. I wonder and,
0: where William H. Macy's from.
1: I wonder if he was involved
0: in this in any way. He
1: I mean, he was. I mean, it's in the indictment that he was on the phone. Uh-huh. Like, he, like he knew all about it. I, th- I think the only reason he's not indicted is because he didn't actually write the checks and, and make the deals himself. I but think there's such a
0: generational it. difference here of, like, my father in this situation <laughs> versus William H. Macy, who's like, let's work the phones. Let's get a body double. Like the same company that, that that worked for Iraq for the Saddam Hussein, send them into the
2: ACTs, Did, West Coast Did your dad even know you were going to college? Or? I no, I have no idea. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> you, you go to college? It would be, I mean,
2: honestly,
0: honestly, could you imagine? Like, if I couldn't get into like whatever the East Coast going of USC is, maybe it is UMass. I don't know. He'd be like, "What are you too stupid to go to the fucking school? What are you talking about? What do you want me to do about it? You're too dumb." Go get a job in landscaping. You know, I mean, that's what would happen because, like, if my parents, I don't think would ever rescue me with a checkbook. I mean, they didn't. There was nothing in the checking account, but they would never have rescued me with a
2: checkbook if I was slacking off in high school. They'd be like, "Tough shit, dude." It's amazing. It's amazing that people do that. It's amazing, and it's also amazing that they uh, don't realize that you can. Uh, Fish. We haven't talked about your college experience here, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a, like. You can go to community college for two years, transfer to a state school, almost in any state in this in this country. I'm probably saying maybe Montana. It's not exactly the same. And you can get a damn good education. I mean, I
1: think uh, all of us work in journalism, got pretty decent careers. I don't think any of us have a journalism degree. Right? I've, ne- I've, mm-hmm. ne- I've never yeah. taken a journalism class. So, yeah. Neither have I. Never. So, I mean, that, that's that's a, unnecessary. a fairly worthy point because I think the work is what got us our careers. Yeah.
0: That's, I don't, I mean, yeah, it's shocking. that the work I mean, begat the work. This really, these gatekeepers are really <laughs> asleep at the wheel here, and mixing metaphors, but it's fine. <laughs> that's, that's another reason <laughs> I, I shouldn't I be in journalism. That. Yeah. All right. Well. We're going to wind this up by saying, um, all of these people, every member of the cast of Desperate Housewives down to the gaffer should be in jail.
1: Yes. Because they're all complicit. And William H. Macy, you've disappointed me. And my final point is why are you people still putting this stuff in email? That's the amazing thing. This is all in email. Like, Felicity Huffman's, Felicity Huffman literally said when she found out that she wasn't like, uh, one of the scams where the, um, their preferred proctor would not be able to uh, give the test uh, when her daughter was supposed to take it she went rut row my, my t- really, <laughs> really? Yeah, she did the she Scooby-Doo did thing she it's, did a, it's it. in the indictment rut row my, my she did <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not a what? lot. Yeah. Not
0: That's al- amazing. <laughs> it's,
2: it gets worse. Scooby Doo or Astro. It could be both. It gets worse. It's, it, uh, it, true. It, in addition to. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, now, I'm trying um, to put the puzzle pieces together of why this idiot kid didn't get this school on her own. Felicity Huffman, in in, in I think August of 2016, tweeted out. Um, oh, like, yeah uh, what's, what's your favorite, like, college hacks Or, yeah. like, back-to-school hacks yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah Mine is giving them a ton of money So my stupid kid can get into school That's my hack <laughs> That's how I hacked it Idiots These people are so pathetic Yeah But, yeah, don't, I mean, don't People I mean, I know that a lot of people That listen to this podcast Are probably paranoid freaks <laughs> um, So I don't have to tell you this um, But, I order Vietnamese food From the thing down the street Like on signal With a burner phone Well yes I <laughs> yeah. might be I might be like a hand job joint I don't know <laughs> Bob Kraft could be in there Getting a Getting a quick one You know I don't know I am very careful About these things um, you know,
2: I, And I, certainly when it's someone you've already done crimes with yeah, yeah. like calls you back on the phone and says, Hey, remember that time we did the we did the cool crimes? Yeah, yeah. Like with the Rico yeah. and the fraud and all that stuff? I would like to make another crime. What do you think?
0: No, it's like you pictured of like a guy with a mustache next to him smoking and he looks like the Oats from Holland Oats. Just like, yeah, you got it, buddy. Like the FBI <laughs> guys in the room with him. He's like, yeah, we got to do that crime again with this swimming <laughs> coach. And they're like, yes. And the guy's like, yeah, we got her now.
1: I, I think, I, I think it was <laughs> Felicity. You're fucked, Felicity. I think it was Olivia Nuzzi who, who tweeted at one point. It was a great tweet. That's why I remember it was dance like, uh, dance like nobody's watching and send emails like it'll one day be read in open court.
0: Oh yeah. 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 If you can it, it start, go back and start deleting things now. Seriously. Cause you're, you're going to get, you're going to get dinged. And nobody's
1: going to miss your tweets or Facebook posts from 2014. You can lose them.
0: No, I think I was thinking about this, about deleting my old ones. I did.
1: Did you? How do you do it? There's a thing called Tweet Deleter. You paid $9 one time and then you cancel it and you can delete as much or as little as you want. And I made the choice to delete everything before 2019 because I was like, you know what? it's not that important, and I don't want to be held responsible for things I said in 2012 or 2016 or 2017. Oh I'm God. not that important. Uh, I mean, you know, I, know your, I
0: know that your views have evolved on the Holocaust,
1: yeah. which yes. I thought was very brave. I'm very anti of it. Right yes, now. you're yeah. very <laughs>
0: it's like very, yeah. very yeah. brave. And it and happened. In those, but, you know, you can't get those pieces that you wrote for Taki Mag yeah. offline. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know how you do that. The Wayback Machine uh, does not forgive. It but, does not. But yeah. we can absolve ourselves of our own social yeah. media sins. We have the power. Well, if there's
0: any lesson that I've learned from Various plagiarism stories And this by the way is a transition nice. um, It is uh, that people are Exceptionally lazy uh, And if you delete your tweets I, it, it's, it takes something Really big to get somebody to go um, through the, you know, going through your garbage in the Wayback Machine, mm. um, which if the people out there don't know, it's archive.org, which has a massive archive of things that have
1: existed. That's how, the exactly. how they got jo- Joy Reid's blog posts. Exactly. That's how they got Joy Reid. Which the Reed. Russians planted them.
0: Yeah, well, she absolutely did not write. No, she did not. They were written by Pat Buchanan, <laughs> who she used to date for like four months. It was really weird that she was into him, but she was, there was like Death I of the it West. it would be more weird yeah.
1: that he was into her, yeah, ignoring oh, him. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, you mean because he's a racist? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was, no, yeah. Right. yeah. So, so uh, speaking of plagiarism, uh, Joe Biden is is now ambling towards twenty
2: twenty. Do you do you think he is though? Like there's the it's like this this report today came out. Well,
0: he said in his thing, he said, "Well, I, I might need, hold those applause. I, I might
1: need you." But I think he and Beto are like staring each other down to because nobody wants to be the first because the last the one first we'll, centrist. The last one will get the the final you know annou- major candidate announcement bump and yeah, right. uh, uh, and I think they're both probably the. Going to be the most well-funded of the top
2: uh, candidates. Although Stacey Abrams is uh, might, might be coming in, too. She already said she will not run before 2028. Oh, okay. She yeah. just said that. Yeah. Right. She's got to win something yeah. first. is not beta.
0: Big. Beto. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, but he, at least he's got a documentary coming out about him. That's true.
1: She's apparently quite good.
0: That's what I've... Mm-hmm heard the early reviews and it doesn't make him look great mm-hmm. apparently he freaks out on the staff and things like that but you should do that if you're, somebody's making a doc about you um, it just provides some tension yeah. right? you're looking skeptical Matt
2: uh, no I'm just trying to think <laughs> that whether he's going to earn like uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar points with me for being like a, a oh. staff berater because this, no. is, this is how I'm ranking the field
1: he's got to have a really bizarre abusive anecdote to, to share something yeah. that tops the, the, the comb in the besides he the drunk driving and walking away from the accident yeah that and that didn't even hurt him
2: you know uh, in the Senate race that, yeah. was, that didn't ding him at all i found it interesting that club for growth already has like an anti-beto for president yes ad yes which is kind of interesting on a couple of uh, points one it's a pretty good and terrible ad um uh, but like they contrast him with Obama and they ding him for white privilege. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, literally in those, those words, Yeah, using those, that phrase. So it's like, out. it's aimed at Democrats entirely. Yeah. And it's like, why is the club for growth singling out Beto O'Rourke right now um, on identity politics issues here? What are they precisely afraid of? And. Is that, I mean,
0: it's a weird strategy. That maybe they, they know more about this than I, I do. They wrote, must be for, some,
2: sorry to interrupt. It's just yeah. like, you know, it, it's conservative Republican, but they're usually focused on fiscal issues. Yes. And, and they
0: tend to be consistent on these things. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't paid attention to them for a while. But, um, yeah, it's a strange choice, isn't it? I mean, there m- must be some um, method here to this madness. But wouldn't you think that in a week that the person whose name we shall not mention, we will not even mention her initials. Mm-hmm. Um oh. We will not mention the person from Queens. It's it's, it's going to be like Hamlet. It's, in fact, it's we didn't even now, mention her correct borough because she's from the Bronx. Uh, oh, well, didn't she represent? She Greece? represents yeah. part of Queens. Part, but part of Queens, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be like the Scottish play here. We're not going to <laughs> mention her. <Yeah>. Um <clears throat> But in a week where she said capitalism is irredeemable, one would presume that they would uh, get uh, get, uh, you know, in a lather about that rather than Beto O'Rourke.
2: Yeah, especially since uh, Beto O'Rourke's on the record quote the day that Bernie officially announced was, I'm not a democratic socialist. I'm a capitalist. Um, Beto uh, is an interesting guy. He's become kind of a self caricature with this sort of beat poet you know turned assassin thing that he's doing out there that's a deep cut there for seven people mm-hmm. out there and you'll you will appreciate it um but uh no he's been you know a skateboard guy trying to figure out his, his way and he's kind of uh can be ridiculous but as a congressman he's been interesting actually he's a blue dog democrat mm-hmm. he talks about the debt uh and deficit and says that there's constraints he uh uh um primaried uh, eight term incumbent uh, in El Paso on the issue of the drug war and immigration. And he's said in 2009 that marijuana should be legalized. Um, So he's done a lot of weird, interesting things, um, including being compared to the, almost the entirety of the Democratic field, more of a fiscal conservative. Yeah. I wouldn't. He's not a fiscal conservative, sure. but compared to the field. So it's kind of interesting for the Club for Growth, which is what they care about, to be lighting him up right now, he might have a more consistently fiscally conservative track record than Donald Trump. And, and he, he no plagiarism accusations. And no so. plagiarism <laughs> accusations,
0: yeah. And uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, I, I mean, look, it's a mugs game of you know political prognostication, but let's look 4 years out now and look and see and i'm thinking neoconservatism in 2002 you know, in 2006. It was still pretty robust in 2006, but it was starting to buckle a bit because, you know, Iraq was going very, very poorly, but you still have Bush in the White House. So it's still a, a real force in American politics. And it is not a force at all right now. It's I mean, a never it's, Trump
2: wasteland. It's,
0: it's a never Trump wasteland, which doesn't have a real ideological core beyond being never Trump. It's lost its in flight magazine and the Weekly Standard. And I just wonder four, five, six, uh, maybe, you know, 10 years down the road, this very progressive moment. Um, because I think that what I see of the, the, the three, you know, uh, female progressives in, in, the in the house in particular, who, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to mention any of their names because <laughs> you talk about them too much. Um, they're coming out a little hot and I think it's, I think that all of them will probably be tempered by, by experience in, in in Congress
2: and the back of the hand of Nancy Pelosi.
0: Well, we—it's a very good uh, conversation that too of Nancy Pelosi and especially her, you know, poo pooing the idea of impeachment right away. And you know that is Nadler's goal, but you know, don't don't play all your cards if you don't have the right hand. And I mean to have to tell people that all the time is 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 pretty impressive, especially. And who said? Who was it today? Was it was it? Nancy Pelosi who said, no, it wasn't actually, it was somebody else, who said, you know, we have 100 X other uh new people in Congress in our party. Why are you always talking about these three? And but, I can't remember who that was, but it was today. And I mean it's a fair point because but I think that like Ilhan Omar, for instance. Okay, you said it. I did. That's I'm fine. gonna say it. I, somebody like that is a is 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 a problem not in the way in the sort of fever dreams. Of of Fox News and the repulsive Janine Pirro, mm-hmm. who I mean, when Fox News is coming out and apologizing uh, for something that you said, you know, you've done something within bad.
2: 16 hours, within too. 16 yeah. hours.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Elon Omar actually said, thank you, Fox News, then retweeted it, which is interesting. But, you know, I don't want to I will not I promise I won't get this into a conversation about Venezuela. But I think it's really interesting in this democratic socialism stuff is that, you know, we talked about this before in last episode of, uh, you know, head faking towards Sweden. And then the only thing that I can find that she tweeted about Venezuela recently was this Trump and uh, Elliot Abrams cannot be trusted to tell the truth about what's happening in Venezuela. We must continue to question the narratives they provide and promote dialogue instead of intervention. And it was a link to a, a very good New York Times piece about people who had said, um, particularly also people in the administration here, that a food aid convoy was set on fire by by Maduro's people. It was not. Um, it was set on fire by someone throwing a Molotov cocktail, and the top of it popped off into the food thing and into the truck, and it set it on fire. And
1: it was mm-hmm. another case of an out of context clip
2: being shared. Yes, exactly right. Called- and and, 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 it's and the Covington and, clip of Venezuelan food. And, exactly,
0: <laughs> and, and very good. A huge credit to to the Times for doing a very good story on that. And you know, but the usual—you have to unscrew the wine mat to get it into the glass. Um, and That's of what's
2: course, been holding me back these last fifty years.
0: Of course, all the <clears throat> usual suspects. Um, come and, and hop all over this because it's but I just want to say that, like, you know, this is a person who seems to uh, jump in when when something makes uh, the Maduro regime look good. And if you're talking about Sweden, this is not Sweden. I don't know why you are um, uh, going to bat or seeming to go to bat or attacking Elliott Abrams and Trump, which you should do. But you with equal vigor, you can you can attack the the nasty regime in Venezuela, by the way, which, you know, she hasn't tweeted about the. Three now on what is on his fourth day of a country without power, without and people power. dying in and, hospitals. And, uh, is disgusting. It's uh, Maduro's
1: government has now launched an investigation in Guaido <coughs> for um, the they're blaming him for the uh, the blackout.
0: Yeah, and and it's really interesting to watch. And again, this isn't about Venezuelan politics as such, but it's always interesting to watch the people who will pick up on this and that will will you know just asking questions, tweet and write about something in which there is literally no evidence, none, zero. Um, but it supports your side. So you're going to say, that's probably what happened. And on top of that, the people who would provide evidence are not reliable uh, narrators uh, of the story at all. So it's really interesting to see uh, Ilan Omar. It's like the anti-Semitism thing is separate. You know, whatever she's tweeting about Saudi Arabia and Iran is separate. But I think that like this, there's a kind of universe of people and it's why these three people are getting so much attention And I think it's hilarious that people think that, you know, this is an ideology that nobody pays attention to. It's like these are the people getting attention now. Getting all the attention. All the attention. I
2: should point out that just uh, as I was riding the subway over here, John Bolton uh, uh, tweeted, the United States will hold Venezuelan security forces responsible for the safety of President Guaido and the National Assembly. Any violence against them or their families will be met with a significant response the world is watching. What do you what do you make of that uh,
0: I mean you know I don't know I mean it's look if it's if it's bluster um, to get people from the military to defect um obviously that's a, a big part of it if there's a, a serious idea that, that that we would meet uh this with a significant response uh that's terrifying I think that's it's we really should not be involved in any way responding to things like that because now in this political leader i mean a journalist that friends of mine know was was detained yesterday they don't know where he went he's been disappeared you can look at francisco toro's um uh, twitter feed about that washington post did something about it uh leopoldo lopez has been in house arrest and you know was in prison in a cell that was you know 4 feet wide and you know 6 feet long or something some horrible little place, we could have, we should have done all that then too, because these people are being treated horribly. This is a long, long history from 1998, early 99 to today of people being treated horribly there. So don't come in and flex your muscles and pretend that you're going to be the savior because, you know, people, I said this a long time ago is that the second Trump starts talking about Venezuela, it's you're just handing a weapon to the government and good God, are they using it? And you see people on Maduro's side, he still has, you know, a small number of people, like 20, I think 20, 25 percent in some last opinion poll I saw, that support him. And they just talk about the gringo imperialists from the north that are going to come down and occupy the country um, and be successful at what they failed at the Bay of Pigs. Don't give them that.
2: I, um, I, I want to pick up on the point that you made <clears throat> about kind of colliding with reality that you see on the, uh, the Democratic Socialist uh, left and sort of the uh, the the potential time uh, constraint on their their moment in the sun. Um, here, um, you could draw a different uh, a, a timeline for the neocons, like the intellectual ferment begins in ninety eight and ninety nine. At least in the modern terms, the actual ferment. And by the way, they had they, they had a,
0: a significant amount of government experience. Yeah. With uh, you know, from Team B, uh, the reassessment of the Soviet threat on—I um, mean, even earlier that technically—but like the Bushian 9/11. Uh, yeah, there is, was a lot, and more... you know, people that served the Reagan administration that, that that transferred over pretty easily, and there was a lot more than three. Uh, so, and plus Bernie,
2: <laughs> an interesting uh, thing to to think about is that there's going to be and already has been serial collisions uh, with reality, right? Vermont passed. Medicare for all a couple of years ago, governor signed it into law. They thought about trying it and looked at it and said, oh, my God, we can't do that. That's Bernie Sanders's home state. Right. Uh-huh. Um, the a- the cl- Amazon tax in Seattle. Amazon tax in Seattle didn't work. Uh, governor Cuomo in New York uh, uh, two or three weeks back said oh hold on we don't have two billion dollars 2.8 billion dollars of tax revenue that we thought that we had uh before uh this partly because the stock market has been fluctuating a lot maybe some of it has to do with the uh the removal of the state and local tax deductions um but like there is a finite limit on these grand schemes in the places that people have to deal with finite limits and we're only beginning to see this i mean it's there's a lot of discussion of of uh Overton windows of, you know, if we just like say that we want the Green New Deal or whatever it is that we want Medicare for all, I think uh, Julian Castro is now talking about reparations, like Busting Bernie's chops. He's like, yeah, he's for Medicare for all and a $15 minimum wage and a thousand other things. But where are you on a reparations? He was Bernie? pretty, he
1: was hard on Bernie about it. But also Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker have come on for some form of reparations. Holy
2: cow. Yeah. Uh, to which I recommend uh, John McQuarter, a uh, previous guest here, uh, his piece in The New Republic 20 years ago. Yeah, that
0: he retweeted and said he wouldn't really change a word of today. Yeah. I haven't gotten. I, re- I remember reading it at the time, I think. But I'll I go, go back to it now. But it's really amazing how. That stuff has been mainstreamed. But it's so I think I mean, look at whether or not you agree with the policies. I mean, I think everyone can agree that five years ago, uh, I would say five years ago. Yeah. Nobody would have expected this stuff to be a mainstream plank in the Democratic Party.
2: Yes. And and at some point, I mean, a, a lot of the when people who are kind of uh, excusing and talking about uh, this, like, hey, look, we're just changing the conversation Perhaps in a similar way that Donald Trump changed the conversation about immigration. Yes, he said – and people have forgotten this – but that he was going to deport four million kids who are U.S. citizens um, who are the children of illegal immigrants in addition to the other ones and um, uh, it said all kind he of, said he would ban every Muslim from coming uh, to this country and even sort of tried to do it um, – But that allowed them to get where they want to, which is we're only going to accept 15,000 refugees, which is the smallest number since forever. We're going to we're going to do a lot of of changes to the system. If you say this crazy thing is an opening bid, it's like a negotiation, man. Um, And so a lot of people are doing that. but they are going to come up against reality. Um, At some point soon, my argument is that that soon is going to come uh, sooner than many people predict just because we're on year nine and a half of an economic expansion and also of a stock market boom. And especially the stock market boom, um, when that's you know, starts to wobble, which it has done for the last uh, nine months or so. Um, that hits California, and New York. So that's where people are paying attention in the media uh, and suddenly have to kind of rejigger what they're doing. And these are places that even after nine years of boom, you, there's homeless people everywhere. The subways don't work. Like the governance is, is not in a good place.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really depressing to see. I mean, you know, I, if you get a job for $100,000 or whatever it might be, and it doesn't matter where you are, and that's uh, double what you were getting before, I would advise people not to spend money like they have a $100,000 job. I mean, because pretty soon that might, you know, expire. I mean, I've had jobs that were great pay, and was like, Oh, that that thing went, you know, belly up. And that's governments never think like that. Unfortunately, you see that, you know, in Venezuela with oil and Russia with oil and these booms. Now, I mean, it's like, all of this is predicated on the current economic situ- situation being stable so I, I was actually interested to see fuck it i have to say it because it's just nonstop. Do aoc right. there you go. um say at, at south by southwest that she she was excited about robotics and hey we have to embrace robots and then she goes and blows it by saying we have to tax the robots <laughs> until <laughs> like 90 percent tax on robots it's like actually
1: because robot, because, robot. because as she said you know centrists aren't going to get it done if you're going to do anything you got to do
2: it extreme it's not the moder- yeah, moderates. moderates yeah. are like Eh. Yeah, Which yeah. Well,
0: I, I, what was I saw that um, a version of that recently? It was that. Did I send that to you? the deplatforming works? What was that? Oh yeah, it rings a bell. We can cut the Camille can cut this out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks, Camille.
0: We're gonna, we're yeah. gonna do a little time code yeah, in this because I'm trying to because I think I sent it to somebody.
1: I, I mean, I see a, a, a motherboard. I see,
0: um, but it was something recently, and it compl- was it a tweet? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think um, might have been our um I, I, yeah, I'll, yeah I, I'll, i'm gonna put a time code because i put this. it i put it in um um i put it in uh i think i tweeted i, I think i texted somebody yeah i think it. you
1: texted us yeah So yeah. Matt, matt's looking for it right
2: now and, yeah. and i think but, if you
0: want to search for a word i think it was i think i said something about milo
2: <laughs> in it um let me just uh erase this. is this the uh, milo uh, selling his art on instagram
0: Maybe that was it.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep. That was what it is. It it, it is. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's. um, Yeah. So so we'll. we'll, Yeah.
0: I'm going to pick it up here. But yeah, I mean, on the point of uh, things, you know, do them to the extreme or you don't get them done. and, And centrism and moderation is a fool's errand. We see this in so many Aspects of culture now. And I don't know who tweeted that, but I saw it retweeted quite a bit. I think but it was my, uh, Will
1: Summer uh, from the Daily Beast. Yes,
0: who said, you know, uh, what, what was it? Like, deplatforming works. Well, I mean, I don't know if he, he, he shared he shared uh, He
1: shared the thing that Milo is selling his uh, stuff on Instagram, and somebody else said deplatforming works. Yes.
0: So this idea that Milo uh, Yiannopoulos, <laughs> George Papadopoulos, is selling like his artwork and I'm like, moving and blah, blah, blah. And deplatforming works, which is, I mean, a really technical. Ter- terrifying sentiment for a mainstream journalist to be retweeting. I, I, I hope that. That uh, that guy will will get some sense in him. Uh, we don't want to deplatform people because of their ideas. Well, yes, we've destroyed them and now they're out of the culture and the, those ideas are gone. We don't we don't have to deal with those ideas anymore because Milo's gone. But it also misunderstands the fact that Milo's the architect of his own financial ruin yeah. by
1: you know a thousand other things. Deplatforming did nothing to did nothing, Milo. Deplatforming is what screwed him up because <laughs> plat- him, him yeah. r- r- yes. shutting his mouth off.
0: Always platform. Yeah. You platform people like that and they ultimately step in it. And people say, Well, I can't believe he said all all this stuff before. And it was the kind of pedophilia comments that that did him in. Well, it made the uh,
1: right turn on him. A lot of people say, oh, well the left yeah. dug up this stuff. It's like, okay, maybe the left dug it up, but the right is the one that he was making his money on and yeah. they abandoned him. They uh, banned uh, him from CPAC. And yeah. That's why he's and it was
0: like, and it art. was like, yeah, of course you're right. That the right is, should have been a little more consistent. So, when so what in.
2: media matters needs to do with Tucker Carlson <laughs> is find him uh, saying that the New York times is great. Uh, Yeah, I don't know where to find their phone. I mean, no, it's 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 (laughs) definitely wouldn't be CPAC in 2011. I mean, you know what? Maybe maybe they scared him straight. And in that moment, when he got booed at CPAC for saying that the right needs its own New York Times, that is as concerned uh, as the New York Times in getting basic verification and, and fact and quality done, and we all have our quibbles with that characterization of the yeah. New York Times, to be sure, um, he got booed, booed lustily, booed lustily, booed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and like and at CPAC ever since. And uh, I, I don't know when. When's the last time you've gone? Thankfully, it's been a couple of years for me. A long time. For uh, me. It's a nightmare. I wrote a story
0: about it ages ago. But I think uh,
2: 2015 or 2016 was my last one. And the thing holding uh, that entire community together more than any single other thing It was 2016, I believe, is in the Republican uh, presidential campaign. Um, like every candidate there, Carly Fiorina, Jeb Bush, like people who don't necessarily you think of as having a particularly strong pulse, they would find oh Marco Rubio who's maybe, maybe a somewhat quicker pulse, uh, they would find a way in their speech to talk about why the media sucks. And that would be the, applause the single applause yeah, line yeah. Uh, ever. Um and yeah, I mean, it's,
0: it's the stage is packed with grifters. Their tables packed with grifters of all these people, you know, trying to hawk their wares. And you know, people. I I I got a sense when I was looking like, at this clip of uh, Seb Gorka, who is possibly one of the most loathsome people in the Dr. political Doctor Gorka, um, you know, talking about how Stalin disliked hamburgers or something. It was kind of hard to follow, <laughs> but you know, you see these people trying to hit all the notes, right? You know, you talk about state control and they want to take away your hamburgers and stuff. And the very, very same stage where I saw Sarah Palin have a huge drink. Do you remember that? She had a huge uh, a big gulp.
1: No, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah, she yeah. like is
0: like, oh, they want to take this totally To own the libs. I, yeah, to own the libs. I was having a big, big gulp. I, I don't know what happened. And then she got a reality show, which seemed to make sense at that point. <laughs> but it is, I mean, when I was there, it was young people who were the Charlie Kirks of that of their generation, who would ultimately become, you know, Mike Pompeo's, you know, assistant press secretary or something. It's all the people that are kind of going into that, that kind of stream of uh, professional conservatives.
1: Or Sarah Isker, perhaps. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like there's and there's and then everybody else is like these people that get on stage. And they just hit the conservative applause lines. There's no interesting debate. There's no interesting conversation. I mean, Mona Sharon was booed at the last CPAC.
2: I remember her. Yeah. uh, National Review columnist, uh, very much conservative. I think she might even be a fan of the fifth column. I hope I'm not going uh, too far out. But I recall her saying something nice about at least one of us in the room. Oh, good. Uh, So not coming. That's that's what I'm saying.
0: You're talking about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's she was uh, she did a great had a great speech there and was like was also lustily booed.
2: I've been booed twice there, um, and deserved it both times. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, first time is the best because it resonates with this year, uh, which is that they invited me at the last minute to take part in 2008, I believe it was, uh, in a panel, uh, having to do with John McCain and yeah. and and John McCain's um uh, religious. Uh, leanings. And so conservative grassroots people have always disliked John McCain, including in Arizona, where I just was spending some time. I was re reminded uh, about all of this. They see him as an aloof elitist, which was totally true. He was an aloof elitist. He's a carpetbagger. Um, He loved hanging out with uh, people with lots of stripes on their uh, on their shirts and Congress people and historians and Johnny Apple and the whole bit. Um, So uh, they had me up there and I've written a biography, very critical biography of John McCain and um, and. One of the panelists had said like, well, John McCain doesn't really believe in God or something to that effect. And like, you know, I wrote a critical biography of him. I will probably not leave any low hanging fruit uh, there if, I, if there's an element of criticism. But if you've actually spent any time understanding the question of this person from a journalistic point of view, religion has played a low key but pretty important part of his life. He, t- yeah. he told a, a story Perhaps apocryphal or whatever, but of drawing a cross with his foot in the uh, dirt in uh, the Hanoi Hilton and having kind of a moment of bonding with one of his captors who noticed him do this during Christmas services. He was the chaplain. You're not the chaplain of your local uh, of the prisoners there. Uh, He belonged to his uh, local church and all these kind of things. And for just sort of like correcting the record of of a character that I've have criticized plenty of times, so there's just lustily booed uh, by these. I mean, there's. Uh, it's
0: it's never go to a political event.
2: No, that's a where a period. Advice.
0: Period, and especially don't go to a political event that is a single party, single ideology. In which, if somebody says something the crowd doesn't like, they boo you. That's wrestling. That's not you know what what you should be doing at a, which at a, they
2: did this year spectacularly. Be yeah. Michelle Malkin. Led a rain of booze On John McCain's ghost Ghost, yeah yeah, yeah. Ghost I mean, it's really sickening
1: And then I uh, I believe when uh, McCain's Widow uh, Tweeted something In response
2: uh, In disgust uh, Malkin uh, replied to her Saying So triggered yeah. yeah, I wouldn't know because Cindy blocked me for a long time ago. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's but that's it's that level of uh, of uh, of I mean, discourse.
0: mean, we saying to the widow of John McCain that you're triggered by me making fun of your dead husband yeah. who died is, is kind like, of recently. Yeah, kind of recently. Yeah, it's still within the last a, calendar year. I think that's sort of a misuse of. Uh, of But, but I, I think
1: that the the author of the case for internment. Probably yeah. wasn't being expected to be sensitive about and, anything. Really.
0: Yes. And I think that it, it's important to note here that we have said or I have said quite a bit that people on a certain kind of element of the left use uh, this kind of phrase politics now that, you know, you can talk about white privilege, you can talk about these sorts of things that that. Um, uh, there's all these uh, There's a new one I, I, I feel seen Which I had never heard before mm. Somebody did something And I saw it was great I felt I, I, Now I felt seen um, But the right has them too And mm. and, and it, it is like Snowflake Triggered Soy uh, uh, Yeah Yeah Or political mm. correctness I mean it's a phrase That I will not use yeah. Because it's been Soiled by Donald Trump And people like that Because there is Such a thing mm. I don't know what to call it now mm. But you just take the things You know as they come And mm. don't give it a title Because there the right is is doing the same thing now. I think it's I think it's the compression of politics into 120 now 240 characters. So maybe so that's.
1: Spe- it. So, so speaking of that kind of ideological inc- inconsistency, do we want to go into uh, the Tucker Carl- Carlson Media Matters and other people's pasts who have been drudged up recently, like Joe Biden's?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know what anyone, everyone thinks about it. It's I, I don't know. I mean. I, you read the stuff that Tucker says. He's on Bubba the Love Sponge. On a, a show called <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge, yeah, which is the being... name of, of a show. This is what you name a show or your character if you're not funny, right? Yeah. You think that's funny, yes. then you're not funny.
1: And if you and if, for those of you who may not remember, this was Hulk Hogan's former best friend who um, videotaped him having sex with Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, which was the spark to the whole Gawker yes. lawsuit that ended Gawker.
0: Yes. So Gawker is... Is no longer because of Bubba the Love Sponge, and now this is coming back to haunt Tucker Carlson. Give me—I don't know who remembers them. I just kind of uh, skimmed it.
2: Scammed it. uh, The worst thing that he said. So he talked um, about—I think the Iraqis being subhuman monkeys.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and that he doesn't have any uh, uh, respect for them or sympathy for them because they don't use forks. Um, He. He used the, he, he, used the F word, uh, derogatory word for homosexuals in some context. I don't remember Did why. Did he really? Yes. I'm
2: yeah. actually surprised. But like in a Boston way or?
1: Yeah. I mean, he, I don't believe he was, um, mm-hmm. you know, using it towards a homosexual. I think he was using it as a wimpy kind of, uh, pejorative. Still, still, still bad. Yeah. <laughs> still,
0: yeah. So <laughs> still so, in, inadvisable to say. So he, like sa- he, he said
1: something Dear that, God. God. uh, he, he, um, something in a completely F word way. Oh dear! So he was using it as a descriptor. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, well, did you guys read a bunch of me saying that? That I, would, yeah, uh, you yes. say it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, that's actually not true. Man. Yeah,
1: I mean, so but, I mean, you know, even, even even the thing is like the, what's, the argument that's being made that I think is bullshit, and you guys can can weigh in is that uh, the idea the idea that. uh Radio appearances from five to ten years ago are should be a statute of limitations. Even if you say stuff like this. Now, if you're Tucker Carlson and you've already been a CNN host and an MSNBC host at this point, and you actually were at one point a really good magazine writer, you're a smart guy, and you're you know playing to the to the lowest of lowbrow on the Bubba the Lunch but Love Sponge show because I guess you haven't quite gotten your Fox News contributorship yet. You kind of should know better than this, and you kind of should know what you're, you know, what element you're playing towards, and that these
2: words will come back to haunt you. The internet did exist five years ago. Uh, interesting to me is that he was, I think, working for MSNBC at the time. Is that right, right? Yes. Um, I, 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 the timelines might be a little bit screwed up. Maybe it was not yeah, the and in, by, interim. Period and by murder. the way, he was just getting paid, and not. Uh, going you, on.
0: It's important to point out for. Oh um, uh,
2: yeah, it was 2006. So th- it was,
0: yeah, it's important to point out that um, he was championed at that network. Um, When he's going around, you know, calling people that word or using it um, by Rachel Maddow. Yeah, um, and they were friends, and and I think she was he, one he, of his big champions.
1: He uh, he was the one to give her the first national TV exposure. Before that, she had been on Air America Radio.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think they were friends or something. Or probably probably not anymore. But but you know that politics can do that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I statute of limitations. I don't know. I mean, does that apply to Michelle Malkin, who wrote the case for internment in two thousand three? I don't know. So we just talked. We just
1: talked about Milo and what ended his career uh, among conservatives and uh, Tucker repeatedly and. Also, even on Fox Airwaves was defending the statutory rape of a woman uh, to a young boy, to a to a high school student by a teacher. Okay. Um, so, again, that's another you I, I, know, as far. And by the way, and, and you always have to do the throat clearing. I'm not defending this in any way.
0: But I mean, am I wrong in remembering that he. Was his argument that it was that it, I mean, such as it was an argument uh, that it wasn't the same. This was a different degree. If that's like if you're t- talking in the sort of pantheon of sexual crimes, mm, he didn't say it was a crime at all. He said that it was it was a great thing that she did. So here's the, I mean, obviously, and again, you can think of whether this excuses anything. Um, obviously, he's on a comedy show and trying to keep up and be funny and outrageous well not
1: on when he's on fox and friends he's not oh, uh, well yeah exactly that's, that, that's when he said that oh he did yeah. oh
0: dear oh god i didn't know that oh i thought you meant it was on the 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 sponge show <laughs> sponge spongebob spongebob statutory pants
2: i think that there's some uh i mean one thing this uh, goes into something that we've talked about before uh which is that one great way to avoid having this be a problem in your life is to not be a dick Yeah. Just generally speaking, if you're not a dick, then this is like going on the bubble, the love sponge show um, at any given time and taking the bait on whether it'd be cool to have a racist president or not. Um, uh, And that's actually one of the more interesting passages here where uh, Tucker because Tucker is very is animated and has been uh, through the entirety that I have known him uh, as an anti PC person. Mm -hmm. And he predicted, I think, in 2006, seven, eight around there uh, as part of these uh, media matters dump. He predicted that if there was a president saying, I'm going to kick the ass of the Muslim fanatics, I'm going to block all the Mexicans in and who doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks of what he says, they could just Archie Bunker his way through everything. That would be a a galvanizing force because what Tucker uh, intuited, and I believe that he was right, is that there is a. Uh, maybe not a silent majority, but a silent plurality of people who are kind of sick of the tone police of the people who sort of are the gatekeepers of the political and media culture. You're kind of right about that, yeah. regardless of whether the value is yeah. good, which I think the value in many cases is not. Good. I think
0: that, that, that there's an instinct. Um, it's a very kind of childlike instinct when somebody says you can't do something, you want to do it. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think there's an element of that in it. It's like, let me drop these words, say these things. Because they're telling me that I can't and I'm I am not expecting there's an there's a milkshake duck aspect of this, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think Tucker expected to be the number one host on Fox in the nine o'clock hour cleaning up for them. I mean, he had done MSNBC, that ended. He didn't done CNN. His his television career was pockmarked with failure. His
1: second act was kind of surprising because he had been on Fox and Friends and then when he got, he replaced Greta Van Susteren yeah. for a while. That was his return to primetime. And then when O'Reilly got bounced for the sexual harassment I think it was
0: his first time in primetime, actually. I don't it, think he ever had a
1: primetime. Well, well Crossfire.
0: Crossfire was, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. But but he, he landed, you know, it was, Circumstance landed him in the eight o'clock slot. The, yeah. ol, the old O'Reilly built-in yeah, a in lights
2: of a desperation act right then, because you also remember and people kind of forget this. And there's been a lot of reporting and discussion in media circles about Fox over the last week. A lot of it kind of garbagey, even though Fox is very, very deserving of criticism, as mm-hmm. is specifically Tucker and and lesser lights like Lou Dobbs. Um, uh, what people forget is that. Fox on November 5th, 2016 was envisioning a much different future than the future that landed on their laps. Yeah. They didn't think Trump was going to win. Trump didn't think it was Trump was going to win from from all that we can tell. And they were planning for a Megan Kelly anchored future uh, of all this and the other things happening. It didn't. And so they, you, br- you bring in Tucker as kind of like, oh, God, I hope this works out. Um, And you have this thing and 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 this is a, the kind of a media backdrop. That's kind of similar to the media backdrop in 1972 and 1973 with Richard Nixon. Um, uh, fascinating stuff to, to look at what happened with National Review back then. National Review has been around since the mid 50s, 56, I think it was, or 55. Um, National Review most conservatives, most Republicans in America in 1972 in Richard Nixon, won by 21 percentage points. Yeah.
0: Then 49 huge. States, He'd like 49 States like, yeah,
2: losing just
0: Massachusetts. Yeah. So uh,
2: when Watergate starts really cooking with gas, it like it's beginning to percolate in September of 72. It's beginning uh, b- right before the election. Yeah. Uh, but then after the election, it kind of keeps going, it keeps going, but all during the, it keeps going part early part of 1974. Uh, and the resignation happens in August, uh, of 74. Um, Republicans had his back. You know, he was polling among Republicans, not as as airtight as Donald Trump is, but pretty strongly um, uh, uh, to him. National Review uh, goes after him a little bit with our Washington correspondent um, named George George Will Will. Um, Mm, and uh, George Will and Buckley has to keep him at arm's length. Buckley like doesn't print him a lot of the times because the readership of National Review is outraged because they don't understand why are you are you going with the president here uh why are you going yeah, they were and by it? the way just
0: as a as a as a brief footnote they were brutal the magazine was brutal from its very founding because it was founded during eisenhower's uh administration and was brutal about eisenhower yes it was not a nice magazine to eisenhower at all so it was it was towing a very ideological line not a partisan line in the, in the sort of political sense it wasn't shilling for republicans in
2: its beginning and then in its uh, beginning and i you know i'm don't want to freelance entire ideas out of my head as we're talking here, because it's probably a bad idea. But I mean, to the sense that like Goldwater was an ideological figure, Nixon was not. Nixon was a culture war figure. Mm -hmm. And Goldwater was one of the first people to go to the White House and tell him to resign. He was one of the the, the three right there. Uh, And so conservatism at that moment had to coalesce around a, a, you know, a brass knuckles brawler on in the culture war. Hmm. There's some parallels here that are worth uh, considering, I think, as we look at this. Yeah, I
0: wonder, here's the thing that I've been, you know, I've thought about this a bit, is that because of the sort of modes of communication you have now, because of, you know, so many, you know, people getting their information from Facebook, I mean, you see, I think the first... Example of this is really the organization of the Tea Party and the people kind of showing up on the mall and saying Obama's a socialist and saying, you know, everything's going to go to hell. And I was, I argued with those people at the time. I think you probably remember that of like saying, like, oh, you know, Joe McCarthy was right, et cetera. And I think the effect that that had on the party, or the party didn't realize at the time, was ultimately obviously ending up with Donald Trump. I, I wonder at this point when you see the never Trumpers that are kind of, you know, in the wilderness. I think all ideological conservatives uh, or, or conservative thinkers are in the in, in the wilderness i mean there 's some people that do things like the American greatness. Uh, website or Claremont Review of Books, which has people like Michael Anton, which is the closest you're going to get, a guy who wrote a book about tailoring.
2: I I, I think you're making good points, but I think that the accommodation is much broader.
0: Accommodation is broader, but I I mean only...
2: Amari just wrote a long piece for First Things uh, that was an attack against Max Boot, half of which was totally accurate because you're attacking Max Boot. That's going to obviously be right most of the time, but it's also sort of a defense of the rallying around Trump. And you're seeing a lot of...
0: But But that's slightly different in the sense that you have a number of people that are defending what they're doing. They're defending the act of, of defending the Republican president, kind of yeah, rather than, rather
2: than defending Trump, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's, yeah.
0: and rather than setting forth a, a series of like conservative policy principles. I mean, the thing that's interesting about National Review, And you go back to it, and you have these people <laughs> that make the the, the the conversation quite boring when they like you know uh, hear jeet. Uh, with that guy. G here. Yeah, whatever. Uh, he's not here. Uh, he, like, it's always like the racism of the past. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, you, you, like, those early editorials, which Buckley, of course, um, uh, disavowed about the South. Are t- horrifying. I mean, it's, 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 they're inexcusable. But, As are his
2: 1988 uh, ones about South but, Africa. Uh,
0: oh yeah, South Africa and AIDS too. Uh, I think it's a weird thing. So that he, he he had a had a quite a turn toward the end end of his life. But you know, it's it's an interesting thing just to watch the kind of the frisson that's happening in that magazine when you have uh, you know guys like Frank Meyer, who's the sort of more of the libertarian uh, end of this. And, and, you know, all of these guys, uh, what was it? Uh, Wilfred Kendall, I think was one of the other ones. All these people that, that, um, uh, Oh, and, uh, eric von cool you know that remember that guy yeah, <laughs> this yeah. great like uh royal name and he's like an austrian conservative but there was a great debate at that at that time about what conservatism should be and what it didn't take into consideration was uh, it didn't take into consideration the views of the governed right it had no interest in that it had you know we were the ones that are are, are making like james burnham is is a good example of this an old trotskyite who becomes a conservative and has a little little bit of that trot in him in the, in the fifties. Um, you know, and it is the sort of the kind of dictatorship of the conservative elite in a way, setting this play for years, for years, 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 years. And the first sign of the break you see is with the Richard Vigories, the nineteen seventies, the the people doing mailers, the, the the Christian conservatives. That's when people started paying attention. to the Actual people that are that are voting for Republicans. And now where we are, where they people have you know very firm views about things that are informed by things that I think are often misinformed. Um, that's why you get sixty odd million people to vote for Donald Trump. And I think it's a I think it's a it's a worthless cause now in a way to create <laughs> to be, have those debates. Those kind of parlor debates that um, that you know, Kendall and Buckley and 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 Frank Meyer and and James Burnham were having. I mean, it's what's the point? I, I, th- I
2: think that uh, a great, even observed phenomenon with 2016, um, people you see the shockwaves on a daily basis because yeah. the fighting is vicious. I mean, uh, uh, after the CPAC weekend. Um, I mean, all these conservative, it was a night of the long knives for all these conservative intellectuals. <laughs> yes, yes. It was great. I loved every minute of it. <laughs> um, uh, is that 2016 showed that Republican journals or conservative journals of opinion have no army?
0: No, none. Not uh, So,
2: National Review, uh, and I should probably write about this at, at greater length. I mean, it's one of the greatest publishing moments in uh, modern kind of ideological opinion journalism. Against Trump. Was the Against Trump issue. Yeah, they got exactly. 50 contributors, yeah. mostly conservatives, some libertarians, some whatever, but just like across the, the gamut, yeah. people making some very good pieces. In for team. the most part, pretty good arguments. To Donald Trump. Donald Trump is very easy to argue against because he lies all the time. Mm-hmm. He's a boor. Uh, he's not. A he guy. has no ideological core. Yeah. Except yeah. that he hates trade, yeah. uh, which is not really a traditionally conservative thing. Um, and they publish this thing. They lose a lot, a lot of goodwill among their own audience. They lose subscribers they lose advertisers it's a big 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 problem to this day uh they still have some people who you would describe as not trump's biggest fans to say yeah. the least kevin williamson charles uh, cw cook uh jay nordlinger uh, a, a few like a, yeah. a david few french david others french. david french yeah. Yeah. um but i mean they also have gotten to like a balls and strikes uh, uh type of uh, posture as well but trump brought didn't bring them like fully to heel. He brought Fox News to heel for sure. This has also been forgotten. For sure. In 2016, Trump w- waged war against Megyn Kelly. Remember, he's just bleeding out of whatever the hell? Yeah, like, he, said right. he said that. said yeah. that. About their lead anchor. The president My of the United States. God. Said that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, but, and early on, you know, Rupert Murdoch didn't think he was the winning horse. So no, he yes, didn't, no, he didn't want to bet on
2: him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, uh, uh, like, at some point, uh, he uh either refused to take questions, refused to have a debate with them like he played hardball against him even showing up there. Yeah. I wrote a series of posts that uh, that uh, didn't he I, skip a debate? He might have skipped a debate with them. Uh, it was like it was clear them going after uh, one another. Um, and I think uh, even uh, Roger Ailes, certainly Murdoch, but Roger Ailes uh, in his uh, uh, final he did. He did the Fox debate uh, 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 before his life turned upside down. Um, said things against Donald Trump, and Trump's like, "I don't need Fox." I'm bigger than Fox. And that's a thing that everyone forgets, especially those people who want to criticize Fox or criticize MSNBC, is that at its actual – the peak influence at any given time, we're talking about 3 million Americans, 2.8 million Americans watching Tucker, 2.4 watching Maddow. That's it, right, in a country of 325 million people. It's the very online or the very old and online um, politically engaged people. It's not uh, meaningless for sure, but – it turns out that there's not huge armies attached to it and also fox's business model like national reviews right now depends on the goodwill of people who love trump trump is, has 83 to 89% but of there, and, and, in the and, and there's
0: party. a way of of doing that and threading that needle and being intellectually honest at the same time it's it's i i suppose it's whether or not you consider ignoring certain things intellectually honest um but and and i'm talking specifically about kind of never Trump conservative writers, not Fox News, which I don't watch and I can't really speak to in in any way. Um, And when I do watch it, it makes my skin crawl. I can't. Um, But it is the fact that so many people on the other side have gone way too far and they have really stretched thin arguments to a point of, of breaking, you know, I mean, I interviewed somebody and this is going to be on television soon, I hope. Um, and I'll just say this one anecdote about it, which is a a Russian guy who, um, really, really hates Vladimir Putin really, really does. And thinks it's a gangster state and thinks they're murderers, et cetera. And when I said, what do you think of, um, you know the collusion stuff. He's like, and this is a guy who's a lot of he's Russian, a lot of connections to Russia. He says absolutely absurd. I can't believe you guys are wasting your time with this. It's <laughs> insane. You guys are insane, and and it's a hilarious fodder for TV one in in um in, and TV and all these things in Russia. Um, in the same way the Trump stuff is 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 fodder for the Maduro propaganda machine, but it's absurd, right? It's absurd, and to see Rachel Maddow become Glenn Beck without the chalkboards, right? And to see people saying, let's impeach. And it's just like we're those guys are not arguing for conservative principles anymore. They're arguing against the media again, which is what you do when the other side is in in office um, or when your side is in office. They're they're arguing that and they're arguing that the attacks against Trump uh, are often unfair. And there's so much to fairly attack the guy on, but they want to go big, right? It's go big or go home. They want to fake it till they make it. And they're hoping that, you know, they're banking on Mueller and they're sitting and praying and somebody's going to come out. And you see these misreported stories about an attack on the, the you know, Vermont power grid and all these things that people have gotten wrong because they're getting ahead of their skis. because They're so excited about that possibility. They and they're so easy to attack. Right. They're doing bad journalism because they are looking for an end result. And that's a pretty easy thing to attack. And it's very easy to take your eye off Trump when you're a conservative and say, I mean, what conservatives? And this is, you know, a mark against them in a huge way. And I don't know, Anthony can pull up the number. How much money has the federal government given to farmers to offset the, the enormous cost of an idiotic trade war that defies all common sense and defies the advice of every economist on Earth? How much is that costing? It's like 80, uh, it's like, I guess, there's, it's in the billions, I think.
1: Oh yeah, it is in the billions, but I'm trying to, I'm trying it's to, like, I think it was I like, guess. I don't, I mean, think it it's gets no coverage.
0: No coverage, right? It's, I mean, that is something because you're abandoning conservative principle, which I mean, that's their business. They can abandon it if they want to. And you're focusing on the enemy of my enemy and, and it's 12 billion, $12 billion. It has been I mean do you know Totally what it's, pointless
2: waste Totally money. you did yeah. not need to spend totally that money on anything choice, yeah.
0: It is not that we have to argue That there's a department In Washington that is filled With people who shuffle papers all around And yeah you have to deal with the union People are going to lose their jobs and it's sad and blah 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 This is just money that didn't need to be spent At all We did not need to prop up the fucking soybean industry Because this asshole doesn't understand What China does and doesn't understand what a trade deficit is And why they don't matter they do not matter. Every, every economist will tell you this.
2: And his actions have made it worse. It made it but worse. It doesn't matter. You've seen
0: this, the, the numbers that were released recently is that the trade deficit with China has grown. Good God, what is wrong with this person? But we're too busy. Cause you're like, you can protect yourself, protect your readers. I get it. You don't want to have, you know, hemorrhaged all your readers and go out of business or piss off your benefactors. Like, like the standard did. But at the same time, guys get a fucking backbone. Come on! This I, there, I don't want to say that there are not people writing stuff like this, but it should be the the focus of so many people that I think are abrogating their responsibilities. It, there right? is there's
2: the, the uh, as ideological journalists the, uh, the the you know the phrase target rich environment is a cliche, um, but people use it at looking specifically for quotes. I mean, part of the the outrage archaeology of of Tucker Carlson that it has me scratching my chin. Is one, like, are you going to change anyone's mind about Tucker Carlson in this exercise? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, maybe, um, you know, he's lost two advertisers. Um, OK, for temporarily, they'll probably come back. But like basically everyone has their opinion about Tucker Carlson. But it's a current host who hosts a pretty interesting or important show, has plenty of stuff you can criticize what he says right now. And he's super not the president. He's super not the president. Uh, That's an important point. So there is a president who says something. And the president, yeah. was it three days ago, said that the Democratic Party hates the Jews? Was yeah. It, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's the exact uh, quote? I mean, on
1: Friday, he said that they're against the Jews. And this morning, he retweeted a model who represents Jexitus which is kind of the uh, Jewish Candace Owens Blexit uh, freedom, freedom for Job's people, Terminator Brexit, pe- That, wow. that, uh, that, le- that uh, Jews will be leaving the Democratic Party, even. Though by about three to one, they vote Democrat uh, in midterms and presidential elections, it's, even it's, in a place it's, like Florida, it's, it's,
0: it, it baffled neoconservatives so much that I think the last book that that Norman Part-Harts, uh, wrote was called "Wired Juice Liberals." <laughs> I mean, it's the what's the matter with Kansas? Yeah, Jews. yeah, exactly. It's the exactly. It's the yeah. Thomas Frank. So, you, like,
2: you if you want to like spend your your time on outrageous comments. There's an actual president in the United States to do it. But a, a, a point to uh, to reiterate what you're saying is that it's 95 percent those types of comments. It's mm-hmm. not the actual policies that he's enacting that are crazy. I mean, his look at the coverage of his budget proposal and budget proposals from presidents are works of fiction. No, one, they, they, yeah. they're never going to happen. So every year he's like, oh, we're going to cut the EPA 30 percent. Great. That's not ever going to happen. Yes. Um, The thing that's closest to happening is something that I've seen mentioned maybe once over the last two or three days of outrage, which is that he's requested seven hundred and fifty billion dollars for the Department of Defense. Yeah, uh, in addition to the off-budget uh, uh, spending uh, crap for overseas contingency uh, operations and stuff, which is another like thirty billion or something. Um, that number was six hundred billion. A couple of years ago, mm-hmm. 600, it has it increased that much. And that actually will be a number that gets passed because Republicans do, love spending money. Do, do you know how
0: to explain this? Um, and you can say, oh, he's not a conservative. He's not blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course we know that. You can explain it by the fact that he periodically goes on stage and hugs flags.
1: Uh huh. I mean, he, that's, he was, he
0: he's was, that's a person who's like, gotta get the military, gotta give. I'm hugging. I'm literally rubbing my balls on a flag. That right was at CPAC. Uh, yeah, well, he's done it a million times. Yeah, yeah, he loves. Like he is like the Bill Cosby he's of flags. CPAC. He He's like just <laughs> knocking them out and robbing them. I don't know what he's doing. Why is he doing this? It's like I am so fucking patriotic that I'm literally. Not even wrapping myself with, Like I am hugging it
1: I'm showing it my love This is the guy who Wanted to uh, Revoke citizenship Of anyone who Burns a flag It wasn't just criminalized Revoke citizenship Yeah, Yeah That seems like a pretty good idea I
2: mean at some point (laughs) It's a bit baller To just Stone cold hump a flag. Right yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like,
0: it's, it's at the point where you're like, When you're a star, they let you do it. I, yeah, well, I know it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, no, you know, that's what Billy Bush told me when we were walking so Central you, Park
2: last week. You, uh, you invoked Joe Biden earlier flag humper actually he doesn't hump flags he just like touches all the women on the shoulders while like kissing them Uh, and swearing them in
0: i think this is not his joke um but it was very very well delivered (laughs) but christopher hitchens um on the election uh of barack obama he won (laughs) and there was uh john mccain in um, arizona and it cuts back to the obama party which was in chicago right yeah and um walking walking by Looks Literally, Joe Biden walks up, <laughs> but it was just wonderfully delivered. Walking by as Joe Biden's getting up on stage and everything crazy, and he's like, oh, God, there goes the great commuter, and just walked by. <laughs> I was like, oh, there you go. The great, the great commuter, the Amtrak boy. Yeah.
2: So today, I was going down a rabbit hole of uh, Joe Biden because bit uh, that was reporting that, OK, it really seems like he might be announcing soon. Yeah, um, this all gets pretty tedious. But uh, I started looking at uh, the, the rabbit hole of the only time he kind of sort of came close in an entire lifetime of running for president, uh, which was 1988. At some point, he was semi the front runner or at least kind of the money raising uh, front runner. This is when. Of course, the uh, famous plagiarism incident happens. Yeah. Neil Kinnick. Uh, yeah. We're sitting with someone who's associated with plagiarism because mm-hmm. he commits it like <laughs> all the time in his pants. Well, I'm sure, was, I'm sure uh, people have And, and
1: not to, you know, to interrupt, there were multiple accusations of plagiarism. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, like yeah.
2: I, I I had forgotten. I had just like boiled it down in my head that it was all like it was like a Neil Kinnock and as a speech yeah. and then maybe like a Bobby Kennedy like thrown in for good measure yeah. and like. Boy, that a lot of. And Wikipedia. I think he, I
0: think he took something from uh, a eight year old Deval Patrick. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, Hubert who Humphrey, was Hubert Humphrey was another one, yeah. and he also Maureen Dowd, who was a reporter at the time, unearthed uh, plagiarism while he was at law school at Syracuse. Right, and and yeah. the yeah. amazing, I, I I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it, he basically said something along the lines of, "I was a middle class guy. I was wearing a jacket and tie when I was at Syracuse. I wasn't one of these hippies." Mm-hmm. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, like, well, I he was mean, basically man, saying I was a good guy and I didn't mean it. But yeah. hippies would plagiarize lunch bucket. But, uh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, look, he's right. That's one thing he's right about. <laughs> hippies at Syracuse are probably pretty awful. I wonder oh if he would. God, um, Lou Reed might have been at Syracuse around that yeah, same time. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. He, he he probably was uh, studying under Leslie Fiedler. That's, that's why true. He, that's why he went to Syracuse. Uh. Um, but I, I but uh, on this on this point, there is um, a very very strange thing that uh, politicians are allowed to plagiarize. Yeah. And the reason is, is that people all know that that politicians don't write their speeches and write their books so they can plagiarize forever. And you quietly shuffle that person out. And even in a certain level of journalism, that's allowed, too, because Freed Zakari is never been yeah. punished for it because, he, you know, it was kind of a nod and a wink. It was like it was my assistant. That's, I've got I, I've got better things to do. than yes, the write rich people. For yeah, exactly. But the political one is you. Too you, big to you plagiarize. Can, yeah. You can always get away with it because, you know, like Rand Paul. Uh, was, was I think, very credibly accused of, of plagiarizing his book. I don't think Rand Paul probably put pen to paper in that book. I think it's probably, that it never really happens. Um, you know, having spent a little time publishing too, you know that doesn't happen. You immediately buy the political book and you're like, okay, who's going to write it? Who do we get some, you know, there's a whole kind of like bench of people that write political books. And yeah, so you, you're you allowed to do it because, I mean, Joe Biden uh, probably didn't plagiarize because he probably wasn't writing his own speeches.
2: But- uh, it did derail his campaign. Of course, yeah. It was a. Uh, it was. I mean, it was. It wasn't just like uh, a turn of phrase about you know the the rustling of the wheat in the yeah, autumn yeah. sun uh, or, or anything like that. It was, it was. It was full passages. It was full passages and like gestures and, and the, the, the cadence. The, yeah, like, uh, like pointing to my wife there. Yeah, like at the at the exact uh, right yeah. time. There's actually
1: and, a YouTube supercut of both speeches. Yeah. Uh, where you know they cut the, the labor party guys speech into biden's speech pretty great yeah.
2: uh but uh, you think at the democratic socialist neil Kinnock, by the way uh <laughs> at this point matters not uh or like uh, does it matter to you in any in any significant no, way yeah no. I, I think it's it's the thing that that you know let voters decide that And it's
0: kind of back to the Tucker thing it's very similar to that Is that I guess at the end of the day I'm not one of these people that wants to go around punishing People for bad views I punish them For bad views by not watching their program Or not buying their books Or whatever I, this there is This idea that we have to like Excise people from life totally and forever And you know the, the fact that we and we talked about this in the last episode of the show The fact that the verb cancel Has been now applied to human beings mm. I find That's a little so weird. And it's like, yeah, but Tucker's bad. But Tucker has these bad views. It's like, look, a lot of people have views that are bad and you're going to disagree with. And the reason that Tucker is popular is because that's true, because people Tucker resonates with people and and you can do that. To certain people And maybe make an impact Like Alex Jones But it has to be A full court press You have to take away Their credit card Processing stuff You have to take away Their television They have to it's take away It's like of sanctions Against It's like sanctions yeah, yeah it is It is You know it, You know uh, Iraq sanctions Against Alex Jones Who I don't think Will get as skinny As the Iraqis did In the 1990s But I That is what you do Is you starve them Forever I don't Like look what do we do? Like, at, at what point do we start blaming the American people? We're perfectly happy to blame them for voting for Donald Trump, right? Especially white women. That's always the thing is white men are the problem because they voted for Donald Trump. And it's, it's, it's the, what's the matter with Kansas thing. It's the false consciousness thing. You shouldn't be doing this because I know what you should be thinking. And I write for a magazine and you're this dingbat housewife and, arkansas and you're voting for donald trump how dare you what is wrong with you you're voting against your self-interest because people get to decide what your self-interests are you can never tell by a sort of demographic profile what someone's self-interest is obviously but lots of books have been been written about this um but you know the the thing about all of this stuff is like you can get rid of these shows from youtube and rhythm from facebook why do people like them why are, why, like, well, we got to get rid of those conspiracy theory videos. Why is it that even people that I know that have never been to college, never been to, like, they're not educated in the traditional sense that people think is a marker of something. It's a marker of nothing. Uh, they view these things and like, that's r- ridiculous. Uh, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's people who are inclined towards conspiracy theories. You're not going to make that stuff go, go away by, by canceling Alex Jones. Alex Jones's views, he got a billion views on his thing. I said that in the piece that I did about Alex Jones. I I, looking back at it, I probably should have put a caveat in there is I think 60% of those uh, views are people like me going, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Who is this guy saying, you know, frogs are gay. Like, I mean, you're like, yeah, I want to watch it. I watched him on Joe. I listened to him on Joe Rogan because it was a fucking car crash. It's like listening to like a, a guy, at the end of the bar, there's a certain point you're like, I gotta get out of here. This is not But at the beginning, it's entertaining, right? And people ultimately, Alex Jones, I don't think, is changing that many people's minds. Do we have numbers? About the Sandy Hook thing, that's the most offensive one. To I
1: don't think I don't think that his presence is a problem. I don't. I'm not for him being canceled out of entire cultures, but that he was persisting with the Sandy Hook stuff, knowing that there were organized uh, campaigns of harassment among his fan base, and that he continued to stoke it after that, uh, while well, maintaining look, that it was a, uh, that it was all performance art. Uh, look, I mean, bullshit. you do that now, yeah. but but yeah. but if you believe that sort of thing,
0: of course you're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a good person would would use his platform to tell his fans, like, guys, even if the batshit thing that I'm saying is true, that blah, blah, blah. Don't. No, don't. But at the same time, we do get into a weird category of. Uh, policing the sort of moral decisions that people should
1: make. Sure, I, I was only making the distinction yeah. that it's more than him just saying bad shit, crazy stuff that there, that when things got dangerous, yeah. he doubled down.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at the same time is that I, I don't like the narrative and I've seen these people swarm and I've seen how crazy they can be. I don't want Bernie Sanders to be responsible for the Bernie bros. Right? No. And you know, you can say that he's stoking them or he's not stoking to Alex Jones is obviously a very, very different category, very different category. But At what point do we just say we have to trust the viewers of YouTube, the listeners of podcasts to adjudicate whether stuff is is real or not? So I saw that Amazon is now taking anti-vax books off Mm -hmm. because they're dangerous. I, I don't know how I feel about that to be no, honest. I don't
2: feel good about that. I don't feel good don't about either. that
0: because, because you know, there are little pockets of this stuff and it's not, this stuff is not spread by someone buying a book on Amazon. You know, there is a big community. I talked to a friend at work the other day about this who, by the way, vehemently disagrees with everything on this podcast, but listens. <laughs> and I very much appreciate it. Thank and, you. Thank it, well, if she's listened this far, I'd be very impressed, but we talked about AIDS deniers um, that community, and she told me about somebody who was involved, I can't remember a celebrity or somebody who was involved with ACT UP, maybe it was Rachel Maddow, who was involved with ACT UP San Francisco, which in the back in the day, ACT UP San Francisco was a, a breakaway faction that had AIDS denialists in it. And she said she felt responsible, blah, blah, blah. I, this stuff, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of moral performance art in its way. Um, because I don't think a lot of people died because of. AIDS denialists in America, in no, San Francisco. No. Um, God, no. But that is a dangerous thing to say because that's not entirely true when you look globally, because Tabu and Becky really took this stuff. To heart, and he was in a country that had a huge AIDS crisis, and he was like, you know, you know, take a shower, whatever the hell he was saying, um, after you have sex, and maybe you're in control. He was just all of this crackpot stuff, Um, but I think that the, the bigger fault there lays in the authoritarian nature of yeah. the ANC, and that
2: and that uh, but, yeah, that period was like a, you know, it was a decade, maybe it was more, uh, but of of where there was even a window to indulge in that. Type of fantasy I think South Africa Had a lot of sort of Denialism yeah. uh, There yeah. at the time uh, Because yeah. it was so rampant And and Yeah and
0: look I, All of this stuff Is really interesting To think about And I'd I take Any listener out there To think of a conspiracy theory That you find Especially noxious Or especially crazy And realize that it, to, For conspiracy theory To exist in a real way It has to have This kind of Architecture of truth Which means In a sense that you know, the AIDS denialists say that, look, people, the wasting syndrome was because AZT was very uh, toxic. And and that's true. And you don't see people dying of wasting syndrome these days and, like, make these arguments. And so they take these kind of small things that, you know, that malaria and... AIDS can seem similar if you're just doing these studies in Africa and actually not if giving people the Western bank or the Eliza I could test. I to
2: impersonate yeah. an anti vaxxer yeah, within an inch of their lives. Yeah, I know the arguments. Yeah, really, look, I mean, really I, well.
0: and the arguments, the reason this stuff Some spreads are. is because people do a good and convincing convincing job of it. And you'll have a person who's done a study like Andrew Wakefield, who's now dating, was dating El McPherson. <laughs> what? Yeah, crazy. Look it up. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, well, this is what happens. You read the no, Daily Mail. Rick, there's a lot of shelter- Rick
2: Wickfield is supposed to date Elle McPherson, no, yeah. not Andrew. <laughs> what? Like, Chubia, from man, from, yeah. from <laughs> yes,
0: is it from yes? Oh, for fuck's sake! But anyway, let's Got not get. It. We, we've here. been we've been uh, yammering on about this, but but uh, it's it, they're tough arguments and tough debates to have.
2: I wanted to um, slippery slopes, all of them. I wanted to get in before uh, we uh, cash out. Uh, part of the Biden uh, nostalgia tour mm-hmm. uh, led me down the uh, rabbit hole of. Uh, a person who died recently, a month ago, uh, three weeks ago, um, who strangely through a quirk of fate that we will discuss here in a moment, um, hung out in my apartment and drank all my beer for about six months when I was uh, turning 18 and 19. Um, but Michael was- Jackson? <laughs> no, I was too old. Uh, <laughs> I was like 18 so Yeah, it's a little bit, bit too old. But Pat Cadell. Uh, Pat Cadell was uh, Joe Biden's more or less campaign manager. The terminology – Um, Won't exactly uh, a fix uh, in 1987 and 1988. Um, Again, died in February. Uh, Totally fascinating life. And that during that time, and this is only slight hyperbole, but he was kind of running Joe Biden's presidential campaign um, from my apartment sometimes for about six months Um, at this point. This is 1987. He was in his late 30s. He had already been on time the cover of Time magazine at age 26. He was Jimmy Carter's campaign manager in 76 and 1980. He was the numbers wizard of uh, George McGovern in 1972. I knew him from Hunter Thompson's classic book, probably my favorite book in the world. Uh, uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72 Um, so like when I saw that he was teaching at Santa Barbara I'm like dude numbers wizards here Um, (laughs) he was teaching a completely bogus class uh, called politics and journalism or something Um, and uh, it took a while to figure out why he was there Um, turns out he was there. Uh, so I m- met him on the night of uh, Hunter Thompson giving his uh, speech, is too strong of a word. Uh, and that's a, a story for another time, involves a lot of vomit. Uh, but 36 hours later, I get a phone call from Pacadel at my girlfriend's apartment. Again, I'm 18 years old. It's a.
1: Like, First the girlfriend of the First time?
2: girlfriend. Uh, tremendous journalist named Catherine Ann O'Mara, uh, who has a different—Wallace uh, is her last name now. Uh, and, uh, she really missed that, didn't she? Uh, she— <laughs> 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 At any rate, uh, so <laughs> I get a call at 8 o'clock in the morning from Pat Cadell. So, yeah, Matt, we're going to need a uh, an IBM Selectrix uh, typewriter and an Apple McWright disk stat because, uh, uh, you know, the doctor is on the deadline. I'm like, Fuck. You and I hung up the phone and then like uh, a phone call, uh, a few minutes later of like, uh, hello, uh, this is a uh, doctor. I'm looking for a uh, uh, Matt Walsh. You realize like Hunter Thompson means everything. To- I'm an 18 year old college journalist. He's yeah. obviously my a- absolute uh, Buddha. Uh, and he's being super hilarious. Uh, oh, or. or cogitating on the uh, future of the democratic party and the results have been preliminarily grim, uh, but we're going to need some, uh, some assets here. So anyways, I end up fi- getting everything that they want and, uh, and find their uh, cabana somewhere in uh, Santa Barbara, uh, and, uh, and greet us at the door and it's seriously nine o'clock in the morning. And they're like mixing huge tumblers full of wild Turkey over the sink, just like you think that they were. <laughs> and, uh, and, Hunter uh, is super awesome to me and my uh, my Long Beach bro and, and college bro uh, there. And it's like soliciting our opinion about like uh, rock and roll music these days. And, and it was all about like how we can deconstruct and and blow apart forever the Democratic Party, because the Democratic Party is useless. Uh, this becomes a recurring theme in Pat Cadell's life. So uh, we strike up a friendship. He hangs out at the apartment a lot over the next years I, or the next uh, months. Find out he's in town. Um, and it's very curious, right? This is 1987. Yeah. We're talking about April. Uh, what happens in May of 1987 when it comes to presidential politics in the United States of America? Well, Gary Hart is discovered to have the monkey business I- I- incident yes. there where he's
1: photographed. Was there a
0: film that came out about that recently? Yes, The
1: Front Runner, starring Hugh Jackman starring. Uh, is it, is it
2: come and gone? It's come and gone. Okay. It's got mediocre reviews. Okay. I would be interested to see if they had a Cadell thing. because uh, I'm going to see it. Uh, the uh, widely uh, understood Cadell was Gary Hart's campaign manager in 1984. Cadell's whole th- uh, theory in life. Uh, and and this uh, went all the way from the beginning of his uh, career with George McGovern through Jimmy Carter and Gary Hart and Joe Biden and to his later days as supporting Donald Trump and collaborating with Steve Bannon. He had a singular theory of life, which is that there is this independent ish, irascible voter in America who is. um alienated from the elite class looking down at them. And they are like this force to be awakened at some point from someone who's able to effectively tap into it. We talked about this a thousand times um, uh, at, at the time. So he uh, in, he thought Gary Hart was his Bobby Kennedy. Right. And uh, we talked about plagiarism. One of the plagiarism incidents in Joe Biden's 1987 campaign was an early speech in California in which he quotes a lot of California where Cadell had relocated, where he quotes a lot of Bobby Kennedy and it's totally plagiarized and Cadell put it it in there uh, for sure. So he's always had this notion that a lot of like the uh, the uh, anti-authoritarian left had that Bobby was the one who was going to give us to this new kind of rock star ish way of 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 tapping into these people. So I would always ask him, dude, why'd you leave Gary Hart? Because Gary Hart was the other like supposed to be supposedly front runner for 1988. And he would mumble a whole lot through his salt and pepper beard, Um, you know, turns out that there's bridges burned there was money owed the usual kind of shit in campaign politics but he had an axe to grind with Gary Hart monkey business happens in May of 1987 and the widespread rumor in political journalism circles uh, was that it was Cadell who planted it now he's dead so we don't know if he did or not I asked him a thousand times and again I don't remember because of all that um, drinking of Schaefer that was going on uh, at the time Schaefernomics going for it Um, (laughs) Uh, But he was in Santa Barbara at the time, uh, always uh, found out later not to teach because who gives a shit about teaching in Santa Barbara for for any reason? It's a nice beach, but nothing uh, else besides, but because um, there was a gigantic oil platform project. It was going to be the biggest new one off the California coast in a generation, one mile off of the uh, of campus Point at UC Santa Barbara, beautiful uh, area that ARCA wanted to build. And there was uh, the California Coastal Commission, which is then called the State Lands Commission. I uh, had three votes. Two were decided. The third was a swing vote. The third swing vote wanted to have a future in democratic politics, hmm. had a bit of ambition. Hmm. UCSB is like, Hey, Packadel, want to come here for a season and maybe convince this guy that the future of democratic politics that wants to involve him needs to look a certain way uh, as he sits there and deliberates and makes his decision. So Gray Davis, eventually, <laughs> 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 this is I'm 18 fucking years old.
1: Yeah, kids, 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 Gray Davis was the governor of California who was recalled and replaced by Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 years old. Packadel is in my apartment. Every night With like a red satin jacket Looking for tail Which is how we called things Back then He did Not me I was 18 I (laughs) I had good manners Um, uh, Constantly So all of these machinations Are going on And he's running Joe Biden's campaign uh, From there Which implodes I think in November uh, uh, Of that year Uh, I would run into him In green rooms Over the years And it was great Because back then I was a big hippie Uh, We'd had uh, You know Searing intense uh, Conversations Over the years By the time I Reconnected with him uh, in green rooms, like in 2008 and 2009, like he didn't connect mm. those two things at all. I didn't try to re-remind him because there'd be maybe Statue of Limitations problems that time up in Stork Tower. There's a lot of things that uh, could have happened. But he ended up liking Nick in my uh, book, uh, Declaration of Independence, a whole lot, like he was galvanized by it and, and uh, talked a lot. Of, uh, talked a lot about it. And it's interesting, this guy who had, um, again, you know, he'd he'd uh, helped do the campaign for the new Coke, uh, which kind of fell apart. He increasingly became a joke. So every time you see uh, a press mention of Pat Cadell um, after a, a certain period of time, he becomes a Democrat name only. He's a Fox News Democrat. Um, he starts talking. He went to an uh, accuracy in media conference mm. in 2012 to give a speech about why the the media is the enemy of the people like he like flipped. Stuff, but and eventually was working with Steve Bannon and uh, Donald Trump, too. uh, and was like a longtime friend of Trump. But his theory in his mind was vindicated that there was this untapped populism that was animated by anti political correctness. They thought that environmentalists were all socialists, um, and so these series of views that got him mocked by Hen- Hendrik Hertzberg and God knows who else, um, uh. I wouldn't say justified. I wouldn't say vindicated, but like the world came back around for Pacadel before he died in a way, which is kind of interesting.
0: Um, Pacadel is dead. <laughs> America, um, that's the kicker of the story. If you were not aware, Pacadel died. He died last year. This,
1: and, and, this, and this was something that Matt wanted to do weeks ago, but we needed the news hook of Biden to bring it back.
2: Yeah, well, we got the Biden uh, in 1987 said, I don't know where like my mouth ends and Pacquiao brain, Pacquiao's brain begins. Uh, they were so fused. And uh, there's a great uh, my Twitter feed. I, um, uh, I linked to a Washington Post piece about him in the moment when his uh, political career was absolutely imploding. Everyone hated his guts; He was a madman. Um, and that's uh, that's who I'm pouring my shave out for right now. Uh, I'm pouring mine
0: out for Hal Blaine, the drummer, oh. uh, the great Wrecking Crew drummer who died uh, a couple days ago. And um, all I'll say in on is this: is just listen to that uh, Specter Hal Blaine "Be My Baby" intro, and that is Hal Blaine. Blaine, uh, you know his great kick drum, snare, rifle shot that starts that song. Sometimes. His uh, Brian
1: Wilson called him the greatest drummer ever.
0: I I, I saw him one time uh, at an AA meeting that I was not attending. <laughs> Somebody else was uh, in West Hollywood, and the person who was attending went to AA meetings just because there were awesome people there.
2: Oh, so was the Hollywood YMCA one? Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, and I remember him pointing out <laughs> Hal Blaine across the street. I mean, it could have been, you know, it could have been just some old guy that was walking by, like playing cards on a fold up table. But I, I was,
2: I, I took it and said, yeah, it's Hal Blaine. I like it. So anyway, uh, he he was uh, not just a great drummer, which he was, uh, and he just played on so many. Songs that you uh, think that he was not on, like everything that Simon and Garfunkel did, the Monkees, uh, and uh, everyone else. But he was the leader of that band, too. Yeah. The Wrecking Crew. Go see the documentary, read the book, which is phenomenal, uh, or see the great um, uh, Beach Boys biopic that came out. In sixty uh, Love and Mercy, Love and Mercy yeah. with, uh, yeah. with
1: John Cusack, <laughs> which also uh, right? co-stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Aaron, yeah, Aaron Dark uh, plays Brian Wilson's first wife in that movie, and she plays the character of Dahlia in my movie Sidewalk Traffic. Whoa! which you should uh, uh, rent and buy on iTunes and Amazon. Uh, there you go. And, that's uh, a, the, you know, if
0: they get this far, uh, I've never you played might, the movie on the show. You no, might, you good. might, you might get a, a download for that. Yeah, so, uh, uh, Carol K, too. By the way, I'm really hungover. Did I talk about that at the beginning? Yeah, I did. I so I want what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm gonna, uh, I got some beers at home. Yeah. Uh, it's, gonna it's gonna be me. Champagne and beers? What do you think? I drink something else? We
2: want? <laughs> I mean, seriously.
0: You think I'm buying places for my kid in college? I get, seriously, I got like no money. So I got champagne and beers. <laughs> By the way, somebody sent me something. This is, uh, about their net worth, a journalist. Do you know these? Bullshit sites. Oh yeah, I'm worth like two million. Yeah, I, 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 I like I'm nothing, but I'm worth seven hundred thousand. I'm not worth that. Just so you know, no, I don't. I don't. Learn. I live paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> I am really cutting it close here. So I'm not worth seven hundred thousand. So I'm not buying buying anyone into any schools. But I'm gonna have a couple of those beers and then uh, and uh, fall asleep on on the couch. And I don't know. I think I'm gonna watch something. Crying. What that. do you? What should I watch? Tell me what I should watch. Hmm. You really seriously? You're just sitting there like nothing. Okay. All right. Fine. Um, I'll, I'll figure it out, Matt <laughs> I, You know, I thought you were going to have Some great suggestion Of what I should do when I sit in the couch That I should watch something great Some old... Czech documentary from some you know, guy from watch, Bohemia and or Moravia. If you've ever
2: seen closely observed or closely watched uh, trains by um, Yuji Menzel watch that.
0: Okay, I got it. I'm going to do that um, we solved the uh, college crisis. We solved everything tonight. The world is a more peaceful place because of the fifth column so, um, you know, thanks for for, for hearing us out
2: we, we, we know of new methods of attack. Welcome. Oh,